so show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? It's gonna be one of those mornings, boys. Oh, yeah. There you go. Throw it back. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> the comments that we received last week on the music selection, boys, was unbelievable. So we are going to keep it upbeat for a while. There's a lot of thought that goes into the music that goes into the sh on, in the show here. Just a general question. Yes, sir. How many people like the Dingaling song? Nobody. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, that was the low that of the show. That was the best part of it. That's yeah. for that's for you. It was so unbelievably esoteric that nobody got it. <laughs> I didn't it. get it. Well, half it. of half uh -huh. of the crew working on the show got it. That yeah. was the one moment, folks, in which even though this is my show, I had no say in what was put on air. It was just crazy. <laughs> nobody asked. It's just. Really? You know, they assaulted me with wow. the uh, terrible, terrible song. Hey, you know, Nick, I doesn't, I seen that. Nick doesn't know what we were talking about because well, he was, I, I don't, uh, he was working I was, inventory. I was busy doing inventory at the dealership. So, how, how, how did that go? Uh, it, it was. It went fine. You know, we we got it done. I mean, it was. Oh, it was interesting. It's the first time I've done inventory in a car dealership. Anywhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Greg. <laughs> Where else have you done inventory? Well, actually, nowhere. So first, <laughs> so first time I've done inventory overall. <laughs> it's, it's your first full-time job. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So the chances are that you... And this is no no, no shot against you, man. It's, a, it's just know. that, you know, at 25 years old, getting your first full-time job See, is you know just phenomenal. Funny? You phenomenal. know what's funny? Is so, you, always, you never get my age right. Sometimes you say I'm 19. <laughs> sometimes you say I'm 25. Sometimes you say I'm 30. Hey, sometimes flies. you say I'm I'm 24, Greg. <laughs> wow, that I touched a broken toe there. Like, wow, things got really serious all of a sudden. Why does that bother you so much? No, it doesn't bother me. I just find it funny. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That sounded pretty... Uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry I got your age wrong. <laughs> I, I, I promise no, no, that no. I will never make reference it's, to your age again. It's all good. I'm going to no. let you be 26, and I'm, I'm going to let you be 26 <laughs> on your own, and you know, just, just carry on. But folks, uh, if you are just tuning in, you are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We, we are Canada's largest automotive radio show. I believe that we are one of Canada's largest... Radio shows on weekends. So, you know, people have no life. They just turn in the radio on Saturday mornings, listen to me on Saga 960 AM, one of the last 
independent radio stations. Actually, I think we're one of the only more, you know, conservative inclined uh, radio stations in the GTA. And uh, the phone lines are open, 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. We have three hours of just straight out conversation. This show is for you. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, you will pick up the phone and call me. Um, last week, we were trying to select the best phone call of the day, and uh, we do have a winner. And unfortunately, our phone operator is not taking the numbers down, so we have no ways to reach these people. Uh, thankfully, uh, we have a listener that just loves to antagonize me and just, you know, argue with me and... To prove himself right. He, so he sent me a long email last week. Uh, so we are going to give the set of AirPods to a gentleman by the name of Chris. Uh, for those of you that are regular listeners of the show, this is the gentleman that keeps arguing with me about electric cars. I don't know if you remember this guy. Yes. But anyways, Chris, uh, you won the set of AirPods because I think I thought you had some interesting points and uh, we don't have to agree on everything we talk about. Clearly, you like to disagree with everything I say, but that's perfectly fine. It reminds me of previous marriages and, uh, you know, that relationship, those relationships didn't end up well, just to say the least. But uh, either way, it doesn't mean that you didn't win the AirPods. So I will reach out to you via email during the week. Chris, and uh, we'll find a way to get them to you. Um, a couple of shout outs, folks. Um, last month was a phenomenal, phenomenal, unbelievably phenomenal month at Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. I do not deserve my team. I, I don't. Uh, this boys and girls make me look Unbelievable! We finished within the top five uh, dealers in the province of Ontario. And for those of you who know the demographics of Ontario, Oakville is a little tiny place. Tiny, tiny between Burlough and what Trafalgar or maybe the 403 there. No, Winston Churchill. No, Winston Churchill is no, no, no. It's, it's, that's, that's saga uh, between um, Burlough and the 403 uh, right there on the other side of Trafalgar. But uh, it's a little tiny place, and uh, we are punching way above our weight class. Um, our Infinity Store just crushed it also, and uh, it seems like people are listening, and they're coming down, and you know we are trying to do whatever we can to look after them uh, without sacrificing our customer satisfaction index. For some of you, it's the CSI. Uh, so people are doing business with us. They're buying a pile of cars. They are being satisfied um, as it pertains to their automotive needs. And that makes me so happy. So a big shout out to everybody that works with me at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And again, for if you have been living under a rock, we have moved the Infinity location in Oakville from the former facility, which was a separate building, into the Nissan building. So now the building has both brands, Oakville Infinity Nissan. We are in the process of building a state of the, everybody talks about, everybody says the same thing, a state of the art facility. Innovative. Stop it. We're just building another dealership. That's all we're doing. We're doing a facelift inside the place. We have to kick everybody out in March and then we're going to just gut the place. Um, and we are going to have to spend money that we don't need to spend. But I mean, that's what the manufacturer just decides that they want to do. <laughs> we don't have as much to say in the matter. 
You know, thankfully, um, we have every year, uh, for those of you, and I, I'm going to get a little bit, uh, um, uh, I don't know what the word that I can use for this is. Uh, pardon my redundance, folks, because I've used this word twice this morning, esoteric. Uh, it only applies to a very, very small group of people that work in the car. Actually, it's not that small, but uh, for the people who work in the car business, the uh, the CADA survey uh, is out and it needs to be completed in the next few days. I don't know when the deadline is, but uh, the CADA is the Can- Canadian Auto Dealers Association. And um, they send a survey out to all the dealer principals and vice presidents like myself and general managers across the country for them to rate their franchises. And I always find myself conflicted because um, and I don't know if uh, if you happen to be a GM or a dealer principal uh, when you when you are facing this uh, this survey. um there are two things that happen. You can you can tell the truth and help correct some deficiencies that you may feel your franchise has in relation to the relationship with your store and potentially devalue your franchise or give glowing remarks and perpetuate bad behavior and increase the value of your franchise. So I either lie and increase the value of my franchise or tell the truth and decrease the value of my franchise. It's like it, it, there is no good outcome on this. And I, I always find myself conflicted uh, because there, there are some car manufacturers that do a really, really, really good job. But it's really important for head offices to have a, a a good response because again they get measured on this survey every single year what were you going to say Manny yeah I was just about to ask like um, the, what are the benefits of e- either or like do, as from the manufacturer side do you get like a, a incentive if you're higher numbers and if you have lower numbers then it's kind of like a slap on the wrist or something no you get bragging rights I, I think okay. I mean uh, the uh, the CADA is is the the biggest, you know, there is a hiss going in the background. I don't know if you can hear it. You know, it's like a, it's like you're just turning a vinyl um, record playing. I don't, I hear it, but you maybe, it? maybe it's just maybe, me. maybe that's what Jacob's using to play the music. You know, maybe, vinyl records. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but anyways, I don't, I don't think that there is anything specific. But uh, uh, dealer uh, franchises, Manny. As I'm answering your question and not paying attention to me, you're talking to Jacob. Um, Franchises get ranked every single year on the relationship with their dealers. And traditionally, the the satisfaction of the dealer um, is directly related to dealer profitability and also directly related to franchise value. So the happier the dealers are with their manufacturer, the more money they're making, the happier they are. So those franchise, the franchises become more valuable. And uh, it's a beef that I have always had with surveys because, you know, to give you an example, um, whenever we sell a vehicle, the customer will get a survey and which we need to have 100%. Like as a dealer, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about this. You need to have a perfect score. But for example, 
if you are selling a vehicle to a school teacher, school teachers don't believe in perfect scores. <laughs> so everyone that works in the car industry understands this. So what happens is this. We may have done an incredible, incredible job. And somebody will think in their mind that an 80% is an adequate uh, mark for a good job. And they give us 80% and they feel like, yes, this is a good reward for your efforts. Meanwhile, the store will lose tens of thousands of dollars because we get paid on the happiness of the consumer. So now if you tell the truth, the dealerships get penalized. If you lie, the dealerships gets money, but they don't correct the behavior. But at the same time, everybody's perception of what a good job is is different. And unfortunately, the, the questions on these surveys are so ambiguous and they're so open that it's virtually impossible to have a consistent message, message coming back from the consumers. Now, I don't know about you folks, but if you ask me, I get so many silly surveys about every single thing that I do that I, I just, I just be, I became numb to surveys. Like I don't, I don't respond to surveys anymore. Uh, even doing my CADA survey this, this week was just, painful it was painful i didn't i did not want to do it but i mean it got done it's finished you know saying that these days surveys and google reviews for that matter are used not as a as an educational uh, opportunity they're more used as a punitive measure so Everything could have gone perfectly. The salesperson has done an incredible job. Uh, everything was great. Nothing, nothing happened. But if some customers don't get a free set of floor mats on the way out, they will just hit you with a bad survey, and that 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 terribly hurts the salesperson. So I I don't I don't know I I don't know if we need this many surveys I don't know if customers are responding to surveys the way the manufacturer thinks that they they are I don't know if the data is even accurate so uh, the only thing I can say to you folks is that if you are um, and I'm doing this as a favor if you have received the survey from uh, the CADA it is important for all manufacturers and dealers to complete this survey for the, I guess, for the public to get a better understanding of the relationship between the manufacturers and the dealers. And, and there's a lot of work that goes into this, folks. Running a car dealership is not an easy thing to do. I mean, at, at any given point, we uh, we have 50 to 100 people working under me at, at the dealership there, and uh, we serve close to... I would say between twelve and fifteen hundred people a month that come through the doors. Uh, we sell a, a quarter of a billion dollars worth of goods and services, gross sales out of that, those dealerships, and uh, it's a it's a big operation. Uh, so from time to time, we like to. I mean, we we take each customer as an individual, but. Uh, you know, we ask you to be kind. Uh, we ask you to, you know, to discuss. Uh, if you have a problem with a salesperson, talk to them. They will do whatever they can to help you in the process. Now, when I worked for this car manufacturer that may, must not be named, um, they they didn't have surveys. So I, I remember selling pickup trucks for $130,000. The guy would come and pick it up and they would just toss the keys and say, here, go, off you go. 
you know, we need to spend an hour, an hour and a half breaking down every single feature, every single aspect of your vehicle, every every single thing about your brand new car gets disclosed on delivery. And if we don't do this, we get severely penalized by our manufacturer. So I don't think a lot of people understand how lucky they are uh, with import manufacturers because they're so, so strict when it comes to customer satisfaction that uh, before you make any decisions like that, you should come down and consider, uh, especially Japanese manufacturers, they are, they are insane about customer satisfaction. Um, and right up there with Korean car manufacturers, you know, whether it's Genesis, Hyundai, Kia, they are phenomenal. They take customer satisfaction index so unbelievably serious that they're willing to put millions and millions and millions of dollars to make sure that their customers are happy. That's not what I see from other manufacturers. But then again, what do I know? So uh, the moral of the story, make sure that you complete the CADA survey is very, very, very important. Um, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about um, a couple of things that happened this week. Uh, one of them was my birthday, uh, which thank you very much, Nick, for not wishing me anything. Um, <laughs> but um, we're going to talk. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about birthdays. We're going to talk about an article that was in the Toronto Star uh, this week in relation to whether we should put police officers in schools. I thought that was interesting. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Folks, we are the dealership with no commission salespeople. We have a one-price policy. We will make sure that you're happy before you leave the store. And guess what? We still have some vehicles in stock. You don't have to wait for your brand new car. Come and see us. We'll be right back after the break. When I cross the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hey, Greg, Mike Robitaille here. We hear you loud and clear all the way down to Buffalo. And if you can hear my voice, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Only for hot gal in the place. Oh. Them want to wind them ways. Ghost before. Tell them for our dinner, Ace. Put the bang bang embrace, yeah. She get it good from she rise But it's a dance so good I make she shake all she ties Smile upon her face Me know she please with this eye Come in around to me Them girls are roll out them eyes And we're back If you're listening to my voice You're still alive Enjoy it just remember that you don't have as much time as you think you do. Don't wait. Live now. What are you waiting for? What exactly are you waiting for? What exactly are you waiting for? You know, I was I woke up early this morning and I was reading a quote from Jordan Peterson that I'm gonna completely destroy. But he was saying something to the effect of, you know, you want you want to know how much power you have over your life. You know, can, think of one thing that you're doing wrong right now. Like, you know, sit in your bed, think of one thing that you're doing wrong right now consistently that you can actually fix. Can you think of one? 
Manny, can you think of one thing that you're doing wrong right now that you can actually fix? That you do wrong consistently, that you know is bad, that you know is going to take you to nowhere good, and you can fix. Can you think of, well, you don't have to tell me. I don't want to know your personal <laughs> situations. Uh, you're going to go blind, by the way, you know. <laughs> I'm still thinking. It's hard. It's hard. There's a, there's a lots of places where I know I can improve, but in general, I'm... Um, hmm. You know, this, that's a question for all of you folks. Time management. Can you, so you think that you do that wrong? I, I know I do that wrong. So why don't you fix it? I've been trying. It's not like no, I don't You try. see, I don't believe in trying. Yeah. I, I, I gave up that notion of trying. I agree with you. Wrong word of selection. Um, I am working towards changing that aspect of my life. You're working towards it. Eh? Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> He's becoming political. <laughs> political. <laughs> uh, you know, folks, just so you know, uh, one of the first things that uh, Manny said to me this morning before the mic went on, he says, Greg, can you please not make fun of me anymore? Yeah, it hurt, man. Last week, it was no, just... Man. Uh, oh, oh, I, I want to know what no, happened though, last no, week. No, no, no. no that, you last see, week, oh, we gave it into I, you. No. I oh, do not yeah. hold grudges. I do not. Anyone that knows me understands that I don't hold grudges, except for one person. You know, I love everybody except one person. There's only one person that I do not love. This person knows who this person is. They know. No, I don't love you. There is no love for you. There is no no Christmas wishes, nothing for you. No do, love from Carrasco. Do, do you think you're ever going to reveal who that person is? Maybe I'll have it on a little note inside the suit that I wear in my coffin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I will. No, I don't think I will. But uh, yeah, I am. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, there are so many things to talk about, and I don't mean to make fun of you, Manny. I, I promise you that this, uh, this show is about conversation, and sometimes there are important things that we need to discuss. No, absolutely. So that's what. That's what got my day started. But um, this week was an interesting week for me because, uh, again, those people that know me also understands that uh, uh, on my birthday, I do not like to celebrate. I don't. I've done nothing important. I am not that special. In fact, I'm not special at all. I am completely unremarkable and I don't – I feel awkward getting celebrated. And uh, I do on my birthday always – Exactly what I love doing, which is to work. I always go to work on my birthday, spend time with the people that I love. I love working where I do. I My team is phenomenal. I spend my, my whole day there, and then immediately after that, I... You know, I go to my jujitsu school and I, I have a lineup of little eight year olds coming to wish me a happy birthday. There is no, f folks, if, if I could only explain to you the amount of love that can come out of a little eight year old, it's just unreal. Uh, and my, my partner Luis wrote on our message board, um, you know, today is Greg's birthday and, um, all the kids were going by in and out, in and out, in and out. And then this little guy looked up and he says, Oh, it's Greg's birthday. And then he just spread like wildfire. And this little guy is um, he's super special. His name is Seth. Uh, he's, I think he's about eight, I think. I'll ask him because he's coming to join us on the show in the next hour. Um, Seth is, is an interesting kid. He does jujitsu at one of my academies. And about a month ago, he stunned us all 
uh, in the waiting area because I have this little area where parents go and watch the kid on, on a closed circuit camera that I have because parents inside the mats of a jiu-jitsu school is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Folks, if you are doing that, you get into the habit of just staying on the mat where your kid is training, get out. You're doing the coach and your kid a massive disfavor. Unless you are suiting up and helping with the class, get out of there. It's bad. So I had a bunch of parents there, and this little guy comes up to me and says, Greg, do you work for Nice? Do you work for Nissan? Spot on. Spot on. Beautiful voice. Love it. I said, yes, Seth. Why? Because I like Nissans. That's good. Which one? And then he goes into a deep explanation of the differences between the R33, R34, and R35, and how the production has changed, and how he doesn't like the models. Like, what? (laughs) Where where did this come from? Dude, you're eight. How do you you agree? He's an old soul, you know? (laughs) Your jaw must have just dropped to the floor. No, I was like in shock. But anyways, so I started to dig a little deeper, and I don't don't want to ruin it because uh, he... um, He's coming on the other side of the hour, and I am super, super excited. Apparently, he told all his friends at school that he was going to be on a radio show that was being broadcasted live also on video, and no one believed him. Oh. So, Seth, Seth is, is, a, is a rock star, so he's joining us on the other side of the hour. But anyways, so he, he was the first one that noticed that uh, it was my birthday, so he came and gave me a big hug, and then all the kids lined up. But I want to send a big thank you. Um, I don't deserve you, people. Honestly, I do not. Deserve you. Uh, the amount of love that I received on uh, on my birthday was something that I hadn't experienced, or at least let me rephrase that: that I didn't allow myself to experience for a very, very, very long time. And uh, if I may, you know, speak freely and, and you know, not offend anyone in the process, because I have you know had some wonderful people in my life in other birthdays, but. Um, this birthday was particularly special, especially because um, I got up, I don't know, it was like 4.50 or so, and, um, you know, I went to the bathroom. That's the first thing that most people do anyway. So, um, you know, I was in the bathroom reading my phone, checking things out. And uh, my first text uh, of a happy birthday was from my daughter. Uh, she sent the message at around 3 o'clock in the morning. And, um, you know, my daughter and I have, you know, been working on our relationship for the last little while. And um, this is the first time that she sends me a, a birthday message in, in, in a while. And I had a complete meltdown, dude, on the bathroom at five o'clock in the morning on my birthday. It's like, what? What's happening to me? I'm feeling, you know, like <laughs> like the Grinch. It's like, I'm feeling. So, yeah, and that was just <laughs> what set the day forward in, in one of the most amazing uh, birthdays that I've had. I mean, everybody at work, I, my friend Kurt uh, took me out for the end of the, the, the day before, and I, uh, the staff, uh, they, they made me cakes, they brought me gifts. Uh, you know, my partner, Louise, uh, you know, my other partner, Dave, last night, and it's like, it just didn't end. My niece painted a picture. You know what? Oh, I want to, I'm going to share this with you guys. And I, I felt that this was kind of, um, poetic justice or poetic irony. Um, one of my favorite humans on the planet. And, uh, he, he, he genuinely is. I mean, it's this young kid that works for me. Um, amongst Nick. many, um, no, okay. no, 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 he's not, he's not that young. Um, but, uh, <laughs> this young guy that works for me is, uh, he, he I, I love this kid and he calls me his honorary father. Um, and, uh, he is, um, he, he, 
he collects a bunch of things, but he also collects vinyls. Mm-hmm. And uh, for my birthday, Jacob, you appreciate this. Can you can you hear me? He gave me a first print of the vinyl, first production of the Abbey Road uh, album, still in the package. Original print, oh. original everything. And uh, for what I understand, it's one of his most precious possessions. And uh, I was, uh, I cracked, you know, and mm-hmm. somebody just, you know, out of the blue, they uh, they show this unbelievable display of like love. It's like, what? Well, I mean, uh, that's the kind of thing that like a first edition Abbey Road, like that That really is priceless because mm-hmm. you just, you can't really come across them easily anymore. So oh, you can't, but also it, it will never be open. It's already it, in a frame and oh. uh, it's, it's in the original package. I think the fact that he gave that to you and it meant so much to him, it shows you how much you mean to him. The fact that he's willing to give that to you, you know? Well, I mean, that's the whole point of... Gifts and uh, I, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, one of my favorite foods on the planet. Everybody knows is steak, but my second favorite is sushi. So, <laughs> my uh, my general salesman, you brought the most amazing display of sushi at work for my birthday. It's like what I'm. St- Stuffing my face with sashimi at one o'clock in the afternoon, it was it was wonderful. But uh, you know, each and every one of the people that helped me celebrate uh, my birthday, I you know, thank you so much. I I, I felt so unbelievably special. But uh, um, the uh, the celebration continued, and last night we had our uh, our Christmas party at Okta BJJ Mississauga because. Starting on my birthday, um, Okta BJJ Mississauga is a thing. So, you know, six months ago, it was a plan. Today, uh, myself and my partner, we own two academies. Uh, and very soon, we will become the largest providers of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Southern Ontario. That is the plan. So, the uh, our Mississauga a location had their birthday party and uh, it was wonderful. Uh, you know, my partners there, Professor Dave and Professor Toma, uh, with a cake and all the students. I mean, I'm not going to start mentioning names because I know I will forget somebody, and uh, I will I won't forgive myself. But I have to say something though. One of the guys uh, that uh, came to the party last night brought a uh, video game systems uh, that he has. He built this. Uh, he said to me that he had 96,000 video games Damn. in this console. So we were playing Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. We were playing just about everything you can think of. But, I mean, then I went down into the real original, the OG games. And I spent a tremendous amount of time last night at a Christmas party playing 1942 and Moon Patrol. I don't know if you guys remember this, but, you know, Moon Patrol came out in 1983. You guys were not even a thought in your parents' minds. How how would I remember that? Exactly. I 1983, I started to play, guys, and I immediately got into a flashback of what happened to me the last time I played that game. So... I'll give you a little bit of background on this. I know that uh, uh, <laughs> I, I just need to share this with you. Do you play video games? Uh, I, I used to, but not, not so much anymore. Yeah, you yeah. just got old and you didn't play anymore. What about you guys? Do you yeah, play same games? thing. I, I play, yeah. Growing up, I played a lot. And then when, uh, you know, the pandemic first hit and everyone was stuck at home, I played a decent amount. 
but not really anymore. Well, I started playing video games in the late 90s, uh, pardon me, in the late 70s. And uh, I, I, I came on to my gaming days in the, in the early 80s. I know, I know, I just dated myself. But uh, you see, back in the day, uh, we would go to the arcades and they had the, the cabinets, you know, those things that you uh, had the mm-hmm. video games in. So I, I became really good at two games. Wow, one, one of them was Galaga. The other one was Moon Patrol, this silly game. It was just so absurd. But in, anyways, with this game, once you get to the very, very top level of the actual game itself, you can flip it over and it starts from zero again. And I was one of the only people around at the time that was good enough to flip the game over. So I started to play this and this was a very popular game and I... There was a crowd around me because no computers, nothing, this before anything. So I had a big crowd around me and they were all cheering because I was just, I was in the zone, man. I, I was just jumping, killing, shooting, everything. Nothing was a match for me on that game. Is that where I, there's something happening here? Is that where that originated from everyone watching you play Moon Patrol? No, no, no. That came from somewhere else. From completely where, where somewhere did that come from? Where did that come Why from? are you guys, yeah, really you know, interrupting that. my story? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'll tell you where that came from later. But anyways, there was a crowd around, and I had one life left. I was just a few points, a few rocks, a few holes to jump, you know, to just flipping the game over. And just as this is about to happen, the crowd is building up. Everybody stands. I am like, my knuckles are white. My mouth is dry. I'm going for it. I die. And I look up into the sky. I remember this clearly, like as if if it was today in slow motion. I look up in the sky and I give the biggest string of swear words that I can possibly muster. Now, I was like 12 or 13 years old, right? And I am swearing like a sailor. I mean, I, I, there was rage behind what was coming out of me. So as I'm looking up, next thing I know, there is a hand grabbing me by the hair, pulling me back, and I start getting the hits on the face. It was my aunt. It was my mother's sister, dude, because I was stuck at this arcade for hours, right? I would go missing. And she beat the living crap out of me. And she dragged me home. She actually brought me home by the hair in front of all of my friends. I was grounded what seemed like it was for years. That was the last time I played that game. And last night, it came to haunt me. <laughs> last the night, memories came back. Get, like flashbacks while playing. Like, wait. Oh, dude, man. Right. Oh, I was sweating, dude. I just kept looking back where the hands coming and the slaps are coming. Man. You know, he, he, that's the thing, man. I... Back in the day, I I do not condone hitting your kids, folks. This is not what I'm saying right now. But, you know, as I was driving this morning and and Nick said, we started to talk about the topics for this morning. He said to me, what do you think about cops being in schools? And I thought, I don't know. That's a good topic. And there is a segue on this. But I want to talk to you about this on the other side of the break because we do need to take a break. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And those who know, know that before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see me. The lines are open. 289-275-9600. Call me. 289-275-9600. Let's go for a break. In the morning Do you still want me? Can I be honest? I still want your 
What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture. And if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. I like the beat of this tune. Oh, me, me too. It's nice. Oh, yeah. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show that talks about just everything. You know, we, we really talk about everything. Yeah. No, nothing's off the table. <laughs> Nothing. Even childhood traumas that happened <laughs> 37 years ago <laughs> that came back to visit me last night. Uh, but, I mean, the, the question was simple. I mean, the uh, it was an article in the Toronto Star talking about uh, uh, increased violence in, in schools. And um, apparently uh, one of the counselors is suggesting that perhaps we should have more uh, police presence in our schools. And I, I want to know what, what you guys think about this. B- before we venture out to that, I actually want to ask you, what was it like for you in that time of your life in high school? Did, did you, What were your threats? Like going to school, what was the first worry on your head? Uh, am I going to die today? Okay. And I'm not being... No, 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 uh, no by all means, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not using, uh, you know, allegory or I'm not just uh, be dramatic in here. Yeah. I mean... I grew up in the ghettos of, you know, down, you know, Santiago, deep, mm-hmm. dark Santiago. Mm-hmm. I I was having this conversation with my uh, with my partner yesterday and his son, his son Michael. I love this kid. And um uh, it was it was such a dangerous neighborhood that I was about 7 or 8 years old when um I I I was getting beat up on a regular basis and there were gangs everywhere. And, you know, there was something to be said about growing up in a religious family because it was just not a thing. We we did not do drugs. We didn't we didn't even dance at the time. I mean, things have changed since, but uh, there was no drinking. There was no smoking. There was no drugs. Uh, we were at church three or four times a week sometimes. So being part of, of, uh, of the criminal element of that area uh, was certainly not an option. And uh, I was about seven or eight years old when... Uh, I started to watch Bruce Lee movies. And there is a scene, I think, in The Enter of the Dragon in which he uses a nunchuck to, to beat a pile of people. You know, it's, you know, we all know it was just Hollywood, but I mean, this is the brain of a seven or eight year old, mm-hmm. you know, thinking and trying to find a way to just defend myself because he was just rough. Um, so I made up a nunchuck. So I, you know, I cut a broomstick, you know, in, into two, and I got one of my neighbors to help me with a nail and a string, and I started to learn how to use it. And uh, I became so good at this. Uh, actually, there is a video. In the next break, I'm going to show you guys. There is a video on Instagram of me using the nunchucks. Mm-hmm. I, I picked them up for the first time uh, 
I, this was during the pandemic. I went to visit my sister and my um, and my niece had a set of nunchucks. So what is this doing? So I grabbed it and I showed her. And uh, but this is that was my thing. I I always carried a a, a pair of nunchucks in the back. And the, the 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 weird thing was is that if this was considered a weapon, I mean you could go to into into you can get into serious problems. But I didn't. I wasn't bringing the nunchucks to school to create problems at school. Mm-hmm. It was for me to get to school. But I had to keep the stuff in school. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So those were some of the threats that we had. But oh no, it was a, it was rough, man. I mean, sometimes because this area was so unbelievably poor, uh, there wasn't even enough money for drugs. So people would sniff glue. Uh, sometimes it would sit outside of our house, and I remember just having to jump over the uh, the guys that would just like lay down on the on the floor on, on in front of my doorstep because we had a little step, and people would come and sit there. Um, they were so high from sniffing glue that um, they wouldn't even recognize that we were getting out of our house, jumping over them, and going to school. Wow. So that that was the sort of um, neighborhood that my sister and I grew grew up in. Um, the uh, <laughs> During during the dictatorship in Chile, um, I mean, the, the the police was more of a branch of the army, and they had unrestricted access to um, police justice on the streets. Let's just say that uh, if if the police came, you were getting hurt. Mm-hmm. You were getting hurt. If the army came, you were R- gone. Yeah. No, you were gone. Yeah, you we wouldn't see you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in a way, that kind of helped. You know, in a way, helped kind of mitigate uh, the uh, the danger of of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But you know, there were there wasn't enough police. <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, eventually, eventually, people will you know get into trouble anyways. But that was most that was most of my. Um, of my life when I lived in Chile, okay. uh, just running from gangs. Uh, I remember I was discussing this also yesterday. It's funny that you asked that. Um, I I learned guitar at church. I learned to play guitar while I was at church. Um, I can I can I can play enough to drown my terrible voice. But um, I remember one time I was going to class, like guitar class, and I had my guitar with me. And uh, the same gang, they, they, they chased me and chased me. And finally, they caught up to me. And I, the only thing that I had between me and the kicks and punches was my guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys just kicked right through it. So they, my guitar was just two pieces in, in, in my hands. And, you know, I just got to church. And, Jeez. you know, that was the end of that. But um no, we we had to find ways to defend ourselves, and you know, do I think that it's necessary to have police presence in 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 Toronto schools? What do, what do you think, Nick? You know, it, it is an, an interesting debate for sure, and I I think I see some value in it, but at the same time, you know, maybe that's just um, maybe that's just uh, masking the problem, the actual problem, and we we did talk a bit about this on the on the right here. You know the the you know there is a problem in in terms of like what goes on in households when when kids are growing up, and if you know of course you know it might be necessary to add a few police officers for the safety of everybody else, but if you don't get to the root of the actual problem of why people are acting like this in the first place, then the problem is just going to keep happening, and it's not just going to happen in schools; it's going to happen in, in other places too. You know my position of this is clear. If you need to have a police officer to control your kids, the mistake was already made at home. I mean, it's, it's, it's finished. It's yeah, the it's whole finished. nature versus nurture aspect. Like, is it is it your environment that creates the person you are, or is it the fact of how you were raised? Like, no. that dilemma is always going to be coming, coming up. 
You know, sure, but I mean, look at it this way. If if the kid doesn't respect their mom and dad, okay? Mm -hmm. I want you to think about this for a second. If the kid doesn't respect the person that literally feeds them so they don't die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. You're you right. know, yeah. if they if they don't respect their mother and father, what is the hope that they're going to respect anyone? Like at all. That's like true. the teachers don't stand a chance. No. No, because and the respect needs to be taught from a young age. You know, the, 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 I think that's a problem with, you know, some parenting nowadays is that respect is, isn't even a thing, you know. And and it's, if, if it's not taught, like for me, you know, it was taught from a young age. You know, when someone does something nice for you, you say thank you. You know, you're yeah. grateful. You know, you say, you know, you're polite. You say, hi, how are you? You know, if it's someone older than you, you might say, hi, sir. You know, like mm -hmm. stuff like that. And. I think maybe that's kind of been left behind a little bit. And if it doesn't start from a young age, then it's going to be a lot harder to develop those habits later on. Yeah, but look at it this way. I mean, especially in North American societies, we keep allowing the system to raise your kids. Mm. Back home, it was the community. It was the neighbors. Everybody knew each other because no one ever moved, right? We all lived in the same communities forever. And I'm, <coughs> I'm, I'm flying down to Chile in a few weeks. And uh, like I said to you guys last week, uh, I'm going to go there. I haven't been there in years. I left that neighborhood 34 years ago. And I can guarantee you that I will go there and I'll find the same people. And they will all let me in and they will all embrace me as, as one of their own. Because back then, the community did whatever they could to try to protect and raise the child. Unfortunately, we do not have, we don't have that here. So we rely on the government to raise our kids. And we all know how that turns out. So do I think that it's a good idea to have a cop in the schools right now? I don't think so. I'm kind of 50-50 on that, to be honest with you. Uh -huh. um, a ch a children spend a large portion of their life or their daily routine in school. Yeah. Right? And it's coming back to what you kind of said. If if you don't respect the people that kind of raised you, um, you're not going to have respect for anything. And in my aspect, I wouldn't say aspect, but in my kind of thought process, yeah. I could say that, you know what, a, a child spends such a long amount of time on a daily or on a yearly basis or even in a lifetime lifetime sorry in an educational facility that that turns into a second home it does but you see i i think that instead of trying to take care of the side effect of bad parenting mm -hmm. we should have a license system before kids people decided to have kids because I, I don't think a lot of people are equipped or even understand mm -hmm. the level of responsibility that raising uh, a, a, a good child is. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why, I, you know, if I had to do it all over again and I love my children, I wouldn't have kids. But not because I don't love kids. It's because I love kids that much that I never felt that I was prepared to have a child when I did. Mm -hmm. And on that basis, I don't think that we treat, you know, procreation. I know it's a right, but I don't think that we treat it with the with the importance that it warrants. I, I don't think that people are ready to have children. I think that most most situations are children having children trying to figure their way through life mm -hmm. without any understanding of the importance of the job. Okay, so, yeah. you know, having a cop at the school doesn't fix the problem. It or does not what, fix the problem. That's what I think, too. It's a temporary solution for a much bigger problem, you know, a long-term problem. And, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, pu uh, putting a Band-Aid when you're on, on a wound when you're bleeding out. 
I mean, it's not it's not going to solve the problem overall. And so that, that's the thing. I mean, if if that's what we need for now, then that's fine. But we need to look at the much bigger issue, and that's why are people choosing violence in the first place? But if if you if you kind of zoom out of the entire aspect, you understand why that police officer is there, right? And it's it's because it's because there are no parents looking out for things. Hold that thought for yep. one second, folks. We need to take a short break. We have a rock star in the house. Seth is on the other side of the hour. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. The lines are open. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. Let's take a break. Hey, what's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso Show. Check him out. Greg and the gang. Uh, yeah, enjoy. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up your station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. If you want to say something, say it now. Cause I ain't got the time to be waiting around. Come on, tell me what you feel and use your mouth. If you want to say something, say it now. If you want to say something, say it now. And we are back. You are listening to the Great Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. But we usually just we digress intentionally. We digress. Whether it's birthdays, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, tattoos, philosophy, I guess. We are ready to talk. Are you ready to talk? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is one person that I didn't know how ready to talk he was. So you got to remember, folks, and, and I know that you hear me talk about this all, all the time. But um, a few months back, I, my, myself and, uh, and my partner, Luis, we, we had an idea of opening up a jiu-jitsu school in, in Oakville. And uh, we had all these plans of having a family setting and having a bunch of kids and all this stuff. And, but we didn't know, right? Uh, so we, we set out to uh, validate our assumptions. And next thing we know, the school just exploded. But, uh, you know, 
five months later now. It's, it's, yeah, it's been about five months. Uh, we have over 230 members, about 150 kids at the school. And um, there's a little guy that uh, caught us by surprise. I was talking about this on the, you know, before the hour. Uh, that um, there was so much to him. I, I mean, I, I, I used to see him all the time. I used to Seth, uh, see Seth all the time, just walking into the class and, you know, always reminding the same things, you know, take your, take your shoes off. Did you bring your water bottle? You know, let me help you with the belt, you know, nice glasses and so on. Until one day I started talking to Seth. And I was just blown away. Seth, how are you, man? Good. <laughs> it's good to it's good to see you outside of the jujitsu. I I don't think I've ever seen you in street clothes. This is the first time. Is that your favorite color? Yeah. You you think so? Eh? Um, you know, how old are you, Seth? I'm seven years old. Seven years old. And how long <clears throat> have you been interested in cars? Because uh, I mean, you're a very very young man and uh your knowledge of cars seems to be f- better than most people m- most grown-ups that i know when did you become interested in cars um i think it might have been like almost three years ago so you were four no i was five you were five so you what are you eight already or you're, you're seven right now i'm seven you're seven so what got you interested in cars Honestly, I don't remember. You, you don't remember? No. But uh, I, you started to read books. You started to watch videos. How how did that work? Um, so I found the videos like on on YouTube, and then I just started watching them. <laughs> which uh, or which channels? Um, a lot. Then <laughs> your parents were okay with you watching all these videos on YouTube. I'm sure yes. that. They were okay. That's awesome. So, what you know? What is your favorite channel on YouTube? Um, Komodo Gaming. Komodo Gaming. So, yeah. you, do you play a lot of video games? Yeah. You do. Which one is your favorite video game? Hmm. Roblox. Roblox. Now, you know, playing video games, you know, watching videos about cars. Um, you know, let me ask you a couple of questions. What is your favorite car? Um, my favorite car is the Toyota Supra. 1970s model it's the mk4 model why do you like that model more than all the other ones because it looks really nice Uh and i like the design what about the design is it that you like um i like how how sleek it is Uh uh-huh and i like the look. So, if you compare that the 1970 Supra to the new Supra, because the new one came out a little while ago, right? Yeah. Do you um, do you like the new one or do you prefer the old one still? Like the 2023 model. Yes. Uh, that one doesn't look as nice. Why? I don't like how the grill looks. Even the 2022 GR version looks better. You think so, eh? Yeah. Oh wow! You know that's a that's a pretty critical assessment of the new Supra, folks. So if you're thinking about spending money on the new Supra, I don't know. I will listen to Seth on that one. <laughs> but I mean, the the, the Supra is uh, this the new version is made by BMW, right? So they have a BMW uh, frame underneath, and I think it's a BMW uh, motor in it. No, did um, you know about this? No. Yeah, so it's it's a joint venture between the two. Now, from the Nissan side of things. Um, do you have some favorite cars from the Nissan lineup? Um, I actually have a fact for you about Nissan. Well, well hit me with it. Did you know that one of the country one out one um note one like one dollar uh-huh. 
or like a bill in one of in one country has a Nissan on it. Really? Which yeah. country is this? Um, I forgot, but I think my mom knows. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but you know, that's that's a very interesting fact. I had no idea. But uh, of the Nissan models, which one is the, are the ones that you like? Um, probably like the Skyline and the GTR. Uh, I, I'm sure that you've have you played any video games with those two cars in it? Yeah. You have which one? Um, well, actually, I've only played games with. Actually, it's called Car Crushers, and it's on Roadblock. It is on Roadblock, too, yeah. right? Now, why do you prefer those two vehicles, the, the GTR and the Skyline? I like the look. They're very sleek, and they're very fast. Oh, yeah, they're fast. I, <coughs> You know, I have had quite a few GTRs, you know, and I made you a promise, remember, when yeah. we were talking about cars last time, that this summer when I drive my G summer GTR, that I was going to take you for a spin. How cool would that be? Very. <laughs> so, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, more about yourself. I mean, you know, you've been, you were one of our first members of the jiu-jitsu school. How are you enjoying jiu-jitsu? Um, I enjoy, <clears throat> I enjoy everything. Uh, everything about jiu-jitsu? Are you making a few friends there? Yeah. Yes. Can you name a few of the <clears throat> kids on the class? Um... I'm putting you on the spot on that one. There's a lot of kids. I think, you know, in your class, there's about 20 or 25 kids. Now, you know, going back to the cars, Seth, um, what, are there any other cars that you, that you prefer? I mean, you must have a lineup of vehicles that you, that you really like. Hmm. You know, what are some of those cars? Um, I don't really have many. What about, what about Ferraris? And, and uh, let, me, let me ask you a better oh, question. Yeah. I like the Lamborghini Aventador. You like the Aventador? Yeah. What do you prefer, Lamborghinis or Ferraris? Lamborghinis. Why? Because Ferraris, sometimes they're only V8s, while Lamborghinis, they're better in V12s. Oh, you like the bigger motors, eh? Yeah. The, the Aventador is a pretty cool car. You know, when I was a little kid like you, I always thought that if I had an orange... Uh, Lamborghini Diablo that that was going to be when I made it uh, but is that your f absolute favorite car of all times yeah the Aventador oh wow what is your favorite car of all time Nick oh that's that's a tough one but if I had to pick one though it, it's I'm going a little bit more on the luxury side probably yeah. like a Rolls Royce Phantom really yeah I, I love those things, man. I love them. <laughs> why do you look? Why do you like that? They're so classy and you know luxurious. I don't know. It just it looks. It's just if I think if you're driving in one of those things, like Are you extra bougie then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, pe people know. Hey, like you, you know, you've really made it. And but that's the kind of car that usually I guess you're gonna have a driver. But no, I think it would be pretty cool to just to own one of those one day. But that, that's a little out of reach. <laughs> you know, Rolls Royce. Wow, yeah. look at that. He likes fancy cars. You like any? One of those fancy cars, no? Um, I like all of them. <laughs> the um, you know, which school do you go to? In Oak you go, you go to school in Oakville, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which school is this? I go to River Oaks Public School. Yeah. Is uh, you know, do you like going to that school? Yeah. Do you have a lot of friends there. Yes. The, is there any one of your friends that you want to send a big shout out and say, "Hey, this is Seth." You know, I know you're listening to me. Which one of you? Who's your favorite mm. friend there? I think my friend William. Yeah, is he your best friend? Yeah. Do you guys play a lot of games together and hang out at school? 
Yeah, he's in my bus. <laughs> yes. So you <laughs> do you take the bus from? I presume that you take the the bus from home to school, right? Is it is it a long bus ride? Um, no, it's pretty short. It is. The um, which one is your favorite teacher? Hmm, Miss Robinson. Miss Robinson, I know Miss Robinson is a favorite t- teacher of a lot of people. No, <laughs> that's um, in grade one. She was my gym teacher. Oh yeah, that's a that's that's amazing. Now the um, you know when you uh, when you're in school, did you discuss cars with all your friends or just mostly just video games? Um, not that much because they weren't really interested in cars. Why are you so interested in cars? You know, it's just um, sim- simply because you like them. You know, you, you can you name most car brands out there when you see them on the streets? Yeah. You can? Can you name a few that you remember? Let's see. Hmm. Skoda. I, oh, wow. That's a that's an obscure one. Keep going. Lamborghini. Okay. Ferrari. Toyota. Uh-huh. Honda. Honda. Nissan. Ford. What else? Infinity. That's good. You're speaking to me now, Seth. <laughs> what else? Let's see. Pagani. Wow, that's that's a fast one. You know, Spon- at one at one point, the Pagani was the fastest car on the planet. Yeah, which one is now? Do you know? Um, no. No, but the, do you like the Paganis? Yeah. So let's keep on naming some more car brands. Hmm. Spiker. Spike. I don't know if I've ever heard of that. Where is that car from? Um. I I don't actually know what the car name, but it was I don't know, but it's it's definitely a car company. And also, during World War One, yeah, that company made a um, military plane engines. They did for which yeah. country? Do you know? Um, it's for the World War. For for the war, yeah. which uh, for World War One or World War Two? Do you know? Um, the first. The first war. Yeah. And they're still around. Yeah. Oh wow. That's that's incredible. That's why the car has inspiration from like a plane because the inside looks a lot like a plane. Like a jet fighter? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I you know I I'm going to have to look it up. You're teaching me something today. I had no idea. You know who, who else used to make a car that was inspired by uh, fighter jets? It was Saab. Saab used to make uh, cars that looked like the inside of a plane whenever you got in. I, the, the company's not around anymore, but, uh, you know, they were nice cars. They were one of my favorite ones when I was, when I was growing up. What other car brands can you, um, can you remember mm. or that you know something about? Um. You know, I bet you that you already have named more car brands than any one of the guys here would know. They're all embarrassed because they... <laughs> Let's see. I actually Googled that last yeah. one that he... Uh, that Which he one? Said, the, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Spiker? Yeah. Was this yeah. Spiker? Spiker, yeah. And? Yeah, I Googled it. This company's been since 1800s. What? Uh, yeah, their highlight was back... And so um, Spiker was born in 1880, the company itself. Yeah. In 1901, they actually experienced their first major highlight when um, they got to design the Golden State Coach for the Queen of Netherlands in 1901. So it is. Is it a Dutch car? I believe. So. You see, you just opened up a can of worms. Yeah, here. it's from Netherlands. I had no idea that the Netherlands had an actual car company. And their last uh, release was a Spiker C8 uh, pre-later. Yeah, in 2016. Wow. Oh yeah, that was the car. 
It looks yeah. like an Austin Martin. Let's let's put it that Does way. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the car that I saw on on the on the videos watching right before coming here. <laughs> that's what you were watching this morning. You see, some people are listening to music. Some people are t- <laughs> talking about all the uh, the mundane things. And and, and Seth at, at seven, he is watching videos about car manufacturers that started in the 1800s. That is absolutely incredible. So we are going to give Seth a little bit of a break here. We're going to be right back. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. We are... We're Canada's largest automotive radio show here. And remember that we still have some car on the lot. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back. Hey, hey, what's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. What's up, guys? This is Vito Belfer, and you are listening to one of the toughest guys on air. Greg Carrasco Show, man. Congratulations on your show. I wish you all the best. Toronto. Stay safe out there. God bless you, man. This is Vito Bell for the Phenom. Ready to strike. Let's go. I'm going to jump in very quickly because this song was supposed to play in the next hour. <laughs> you listen? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show here. Uh, we have a special guest, rock star Seth. Hi. Seth. Hi, Seth. You know, uh, he was telling a very interesting story here about uh, NASCARs. I had no idea. So... What what do you know about NASCAR? That um, the speed has been decreasing. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on with this? Um, the speed is be- be- cre- decreasing because this for some reason the faster the NASCAR gets, the more likely it's going to it is that it is going to crash uh-huh. because because it's so easy for the other person to actually turn into like hit the rear. Rear fender, and then the person will spin out, fly in the air, and then crash on the ground. Yeah, that, that that that's not good. You know, yeah, yeah cr- crashing at that speed is not good. Yeah. So, what actually happened that made people just decrease the speed? Did somebody get hurt or something? Yeah. So, like, there was a big crash. Uh huh. So, and then, so like, one of the NASCARs hit the wall. Uh huh. And then the the fence like didn't hold up that well, but it still did. And then one of the fans had to get their eye taken out. <laughs> so they lost an eye? <laughs> the, yeah. the eye went flying? Oh, no. No, it's because like a piece of debris got stuck. Oh, that's, that, that probably wasn't good. Yeah, especially going to a NASCAR. You know, imagine getting hit of a piece of a flying car. Yeah, that 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 would not oh, that would be nasty. So they yeah. decrease the speed now, and they're, they're not yeah. as fast as they used to be. Yeah. Well, have you ever watched videos on NASCARs? Those things are crazy. Yeah. You don't realize how fast they're going. Have you ever gone to a car race? Uh, no. Oh, you know, maybe. maybe. But, I, but I have seen like Formula One online. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen like the 
live races. Yeah. But I didn't actually see them in person. You know, I uh, every year when the Molson Indy, I think that's what it's called still, uh, used to uh, run in at uh, the exhibition place, I would get tickets. So if I have tickets this year, I'm going to give them to you. So you can go watch a live race. How cool was that? That would be pretty cool, eh? Yeah. You know, the one thing that you need to remember is that when you go and watch this, the, the races are so loud. So you need to bring a, uh, a set of headsets. Because uh, when I went to watch the Formula One in Montreal a few years back, I could not believe how unbelievably loud those vehicles are. They don't put any exhaust uh, diffuser for the sound. So you the false noise comes out and the back end. They're crazy loud. It's like explosions going by you. You know, I was I was hearing here that you have a few uh, fun facts for me about about cars. Yeah. Can you so, hit me with a few of them? Um. First, I have a quiz. Oh boy! Uh, what did, is, did you study, Greg? I'm gonna fail. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is what is Bugatti's? So you know the person who created Bugatti, Mr. Bugatti. No, what is his what is his first name? I have no idea. Ettore. Ettore. Oh wow! So that's that's Ettore Bugatti. That's what the that's what EB stands for on the EB one ten model of Bug, in Bugatti. Oh really? And the one ten stands for the one hundred and tenth anniversary. That of the company being around. Yeah. Have you ever watched that video? Uh, oh, I think that we watched it together. You know, the the top speed of a Bugatti Veyron. Remember oh, yeah. that we watched it? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 412 kilometers an hour. That thing was uh, clocked on, on the Nuremberg track. I know. And, and it only takes 15 seconds at full speed for a Bugatti Veyron to literally break its tires. Uh, yeah. I mean, at that yeah, speed. It just takes 15 seconds. That's crazy. Well... But, well, you won't be able to do it because the gas only lasts for 12. So you never get to the point where the tires break. That's right. Unless if you have unlimited fuel or you fill it up until the gas cap. <laughs> no, I don't think that they would allow you to do that. But, you know, give me some more fun, uh, fun facts about cars. You know, do you know, I hear that you know some names of uh, some of the founders of car manufacturers. Yeah. So I already told you Bugatti. Yeah. Now we have... Enzo Ferrari. Yes. I knew about him. And we also have... Um, who who made... Uh, who, who founded Lamborghini? Do you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot. Yeah. I, was it Mr. Lamborghini? No. <laughs> oh, good, good one. Good one. <laughs> no. <laughs> if, I, if I say so myself, I already failed my own quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I made the quiz that I failed. You know... I, you know what else? Talk to me. You know, is um, there anything that you want to talk about? No, not that much. But I do know like a few parts of cars. Yes, like what? Actually, a lot. <laughs> like <laughs> there's the drive shaft. You have the gearbox. You have the tie rods. The engine cover. That's a uh, lot of stuff. Have you ever thought about working in cars when you grow up, or do you know what you want to be when you grow up? Um. I want to be what you just said. A, a mechanic? A car yeah. mechanic? You want to be a technician? Yeah. That would be awesome. You know that I work in the car industry, right? Yeah. Who do I work for? Um, Nissan and yeah. Infiniti. That's and I also saw like a Nissan company with the new Nissan in front. Oh, yeah? Which one? 
Um, I don't remember, but it was like a, the yellow one. You know, interesting one. Do you know uh, we the new Z is coming, the 400Z. We should be oh. getting it on the showrooms within the next month or so. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, would you like to come and see one when it lands? Sure. That would be super, super cool. Seth, I want to tell you, dude, I, I love having you on the show. And thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule. <laughs> to come and hang out with us. You know, I, uh, you and your parents have an open invitation to come and talk to us about cars whenever you feel like. I'm not joking. Okay. Okay? I, uh, I happen to think that you are one of the coolest kids that I have met in a very, very, very long time. And thank you for coming to the show this morning. You're welcome. That's awesome. Anyone that you want to send a shout out to of anywhere in the school, your friends, anybody. My family, uh -huh. my friends, and you. Oh, thank you. Uh -huh. You think? Oh. oh, you know, I have a question for you. What? What are you going to get for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? Mm. I want... Is it a long list? No. <laughs> it's not a long list? <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? Mm. You can say it. <laughs> more model trains more model trains yes because I only have one engine and the couplers to the other and the couplers to my train cars don't even fit because they're not the right kind oh no and I only have one engine in like 50 in like 10 cars that's not that's not enough yeah Oh no! Yeah, we need to fix that. We yeah. know we gotta find a way to correct this situation. Maybe I'll have a conversation with Santa. What do you think? Because uh, you see, every every guy that has white beard like this, we have a direct phone line to talk to Santa. Are you on the good list? Yeah. Are you sure? I think you are. Seth, thank you so much for being part of the show, man. I, Folks, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show with the rock star here, Seth. And uh, thank you. I'll be seeing you at the jiu-jitsu school over the next couple of days, okay? Okay, bye. Thank you so much. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Visit my world, 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 world. Come here and visit my world. Did history shine a star? All love is the only way. Don't get lost, cause I'm waiting. Summer feelings are waiting, boy. You and me is more than. Darcy Tucker here. And if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons. And now we have to listen to this guy? My name's Lily, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show! And we're back. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, the home of the no commission salespeople. And those who know, know 
that before you make any car buying decision, you need to come and see me because I will try to steer you the right way. Uh, we may not have what you're looking for or what you are looking for may be the wrong thing. So we will try to help you make a better car buying decisions. Trust me, we know a thing or two about cars. Even Nick now is working on that knowledge himself. That's right. Uh, what was the name again of um, the founder of Lamborghini, Nick, that you made fun of me earlier? <laughs> Ferriccio Lamborghini. So it was Mr. Lamborghini. Why did you publicly <laughs> shame me when I was right? <laughs> See, this is a problem. I I love that kid. You know, Seth is, uh, yeah. he, he, we forget, he's seven years old. And he, and he already knows this much. I was just, you know, we were talking about this during the break. If he knows this much at seven, can you imagine how much he's going to know when he's an adult? Oh, man, I love that kid. He's, uh, and you know, I don't think that, uh, you know, we, we comprehend sometimes how nerve-wracking it is to sit in front of a microphone on a studio Um and, and, and speaking to 80,000 people. Now, I don't think that he conceptualized the scope of the number of people that he was, uh, that he was talking to, but, uh, uh, I am super proud of Seth. I mean, Seth is, uh, he's, a, he will always be a rock star in my books, but thank you, Seth, for coming. I, you know, we love you and you have an open invitation to come back here anytime. And thank you to uh, Seth's parents. Uh, they're wonderfully engaged people and you can clearly tell. So, you know, that was great. I was super happy that he came. And also, he had the cutest voice, man. <laughs> when I was seven, like, I, I was never that cute. <laughs> you know, on, honestly, man. I, I haven't been carded since I was 14. Wow. Yeah, I, I have not. Like, oh, really? uh, yeah, I've always looked 50. <laughs> So you went from looking as looking as, as like a kid to looking fifty, right? Yeah, there was no transition. <laughs> Boom! You know, full head-on speed with the wall. That's what happened to me at fifteen. No, but dude, I my beard started to grow super young. I have photo records. Like I had, there was a photo of me at fourteen, fourteen years old with a full-grown beard. Wow! Like all over my face. Damn. I know. It's crazy. 14 years old. Man. I can't grow a beard at 23. <laughs> you would want a 14. You will never be able to grow a beard, Jacob. Oh. Let me just break that. Yeah, I know. I know. So, yeah. I'm not, I know. I've accepted that. I've accepted and I'm, I'm okay with it. You're okay. You really? You're okay? You're I don't have a choice. You're smooth like a dolphin? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I still come up packy sometimes. So. Uh, no, no, no. Your beer yeah. is okay, man. No. Your beer is okay. okay if, if you let it grow, yeah. it'll, it'll fill out. It just gets like, you know those days, like, you know, you're just like, I, I just can't. Just, yeah. Just, you know, you wanna... Nick is just waiting for the conversation to turn to him right now. Yeah, because yeah, So I'm not going to. No, no. no I'm not oh, by the way, yeah, this. Starbucks is closed today, so. What? Yeah, the one uh, the one right Why? near the intersection. Apparently, they're having a uh, a get together inventory a, oh yeah yeah inventory they're counting how many coffees they're counting how many ten dollar lattes they have in there like yeah, they're not allowed no apparently it's like a they're, Christmas how party rude or how rude very rude very rude rude at uh, nine o'clock in the morning for Starbucks to be closed I'm not you don't, you I don't went there do at that. seven in the morning too yeah still closed and then I went oh. right now during our little commercial commercial yeah. break, and again, still nothing. Board's still up saying, sorry, we're closed today. You actually went there? Yeah, I literally just drove over right there. How fast did you drive? <laughs> like, I didn't even notice that you were gone. I know I, what I'm about to say is really going to bother you, but it's a Tesla. 
Come on. What does that mean? Nothing. I don't got to wait for no engine to warm up. You hop in, put it in a drive, and you swing it. And you don't hear it either. No, you don't. You, so you never hear the, you hear the no, sweet sound of you, an exhaust system. You can hear it. If you put it in reverse, it does that weird halo noise. It no. does like... The, ga- the gamer guys will know what the halo <laughs> noise is. <laughs> it sounds like a dying bird. <laughs> you know, uh, how terrible is the sound of a Tesla? You know, folks, I'm sorry, man. I know that there's a lot of Tesla lovers out there, you old snobs. But, uh, you know, tell me that I, I won't find anything common with you. Tell me what you drive. And I can tell you right away. <laughs> because there's a, you know, there's a specific type of people that drive Tesla. Your sister is the exception. Does she drive a Tesla too? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Whole, their whole family drives Everyone, Tesla. Everyone's uh, got uh, one. Like a month ago, uh, they were all here. Money was here. Jyothi was here. The, their parents were here. And there was like five Teslas just lined up one by one in the parking lot. I thought that you know, Elon Musk was going to come out know, of one. It's like it was a <laughs> Tesla convention. Huh? You know, it's like I, I can never escape really the name Tesla because I, the name of my street is actually Tesla. Oh, it's real? It's called Tesla Crescent. And the thing, too, is there are actually three Teslas on Tesla Crescent. So it's it's like Tesla's everywhere, you know. Wow. They're in my street, see them on the street. But yeah, it's you know, Tesla's te- te- about to get some visitors. Yeah. At his door <laughs> after saying well, that. What did you say about my car? <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I didn't say the you know, the address number. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're gonna be like, No, that that that, that that's my Betsy, all right? Don't say anything about Betsy here. Well I uh, <laughs> uh you know, I, I have to be honest with you. I I was never really a big fan of um, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. but he turned me into a fan about three weeks ago. Was it because of the Twitter thing? Because he bought Twitter. Uh, no, what he did after he got to Twitter. What do you mean? He fired everybody. Good. Good. Okay. Okay. You know, if you don't pull your weight, you know, don't let the company just carry you. That's that's not a good thing. You see, traditionally, companies get so heavy with staff that they can't even be productive. You know, you get a gridlock of incompetence. And I think that he just went in and cleaned house. I agree with you. The, the, the second smartest thing I'd have to say he did was he made uh, all the employees that were there that were left. He made the place so uncomfortable to work that they quit. So that if he fired him, he wouldn't have to pay him for those, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he made true. he made it so uncomfortable for well, them. So they're like, ah, I'm gonna walk out. Yeah, I don't I don't know so much about that, but uh, you know, I was super 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 happy when he reinstated Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I stopped using Twitter a long long time ago. I I, you know, everybody's talking about the blue check mark now that you can buy it, right? You know, I think that uh, I think the only mistake that he's made so far is that he has made that blue checkmark that cheap because it's it's too cheap. What is it? What's uh, on that? I think it's like eight dollars a $8 month or a something. Month, yeah. yeah, to to get the blue checkmark. I became verified on Twitter back in two thousand and thirteen. Wow! And uh, that was probably the last what? time I used it. I haven't. What did you pay? Huh? What did you pay? No, back then you couldn't. <laughs> no, you it know, was it actually. Would, yeah, it would just okay. appear oh, if they felt that you had enough clout. They they would just give it to you. Okay. And at one point, I grew that account to about seventy five, eighty thousand people that follow me on Twitter. Okay. Uh, but now I I don't really I don't tweet actively. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, Social media just changed, and at some point, I had to make a decision: where am I going to go to maximize my business business exposure? And uh, Instagram is 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 a more relatable thing uh, for me. Just communicate with images Mm -hmm. and videos and whatnot. Uh, Although you can do the same thing on Twitter, but uh, Twitter uh, stopped being relevant in Canada quite a quite a few years back. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
uh, allowing Donald Trump back uh, on Twitter is probably one of the biggest power moves that he's made. If you know, if we don't start, you know, if we don't stand to defend the people for freedom of speech of people that we don't like their opinion, then we don't stand for freedom of speech at all. Sure. And I, I do believe that. Um, you know, we living in a society that can literally cancel the president of the, <laughs> the most powerful human on the planet. You could just cancel because they didn't agree with his ideology. It was just absolutely insane. Uh, but, I mean, he's discovering all sorts of different things. I mean, news keep coming out of Twitter that mm-hmm. uh, he has found that, uh, you know, the DNC suppressed information against, against Hunter Biden, that they were, uh, you know, censoring tweets and whatnot from uh, conservative, uh, you know, figures within the the, uh, the, the landscape. And, uh, I mean, the corruption is so deep that uh, sometimes you need to take a sledgehammer. You need to take a person that doesn't have any clue about what they're doing to just clean it up and look at it as a business. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was one of the one, that was one of the appeals for me about Trump. Absolutely. That he was not a career politician. You know, the, the the reality is this, folks: that we we live in a world in in which uh, honesty is so overrated. Everybody says they want honesty, but nobody likes to hear it. And uh, if if a politician tells you the truth, you will never elect them. Mm-hmm. You will never, ever elect them. <clears throat> Are you going to lower my taxes? No. Are you going to raise my taxes? Yes. yes. Are you going to cut my services? Yes. Are you going to fight with the unions because they're sucking the province right? Yes. They will never elect them. No. That that person right there would never be elected. And unfortunately, uh, politicians don't get paid enough. Um, they they do not. I'm sorry, man. You know the uh, the prime minister of Canada makes a measly three hundred thousand dollars a year. Is what I understand. You look, can you look yeah. it up? Yeah, I believe it's three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's all he makes. Yeah, and, and uh, he is in charge of you know thirty seven million people, and you're going to say, oh, three hundred fifty thousand is a lot of money. No, it's not. And you know to the an even uh, bigger example of that is the president of the United States. You know, he makes $400,000 a year, U.S., and that's to be arguably the most powerful person in the world. Yeah, the prime minister of Canada makes, uh, well, as of June 2019, um, 347400 That's pro- right. That's approximately that's, 265000 Yeah, but think about it. That's not a lot of money. Yeah. I know that you people might say, oh, yeah, what are you talking about, Carrasco? You, you know, you, you have no idea. No, look. At that kind of at that kind of scratch, you're paying fifty two percent marginal tax but, rate. Well, yeah, you, well, you know, the, you know what it is though. No sitting prime minister dares to even consider changing that because it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of public backlash saying, "Oh, look, look, he's he's not worried about the people, he's not worried about the country, he just wants to increase his salary." But, so but, no one dares to touch that. That's well, why do you think they haven't even um, they've given up on twenty four Sussex, the the former prime minister's residence? They don't want to renovate it and use taxpayers' dollars because that's horrible publicity when it comes to politics. Yeah, but look at it this. This way, I mean, the the money that he's like our favorite dictator now. Uh, the money that he doesn't make, he's spending it anyways by using his private plane to fly everywhere. You know, I watched this thing on uh, on Parliament the other day that during the month of uh, during the month of October, I think that uh, the the prime minister flew in his private jet um, thirty six or thirty seven times, <laughs> and then we are then we're taxing everybody with the uh, with the gas uh, with the pollution tax uh, the. Car- Carbon tax, as, yeah, they, yeah. as they call it. I meanwhile, he's one of the biggest polluters individually in the country. Oh, it, it's the it hypocrisy. Is, it yeah. is hypocritical, it, for sure. 
it is um, hypocritical. Is uh, is hypocritical? Is borderline criminal? I mean, you know, this is, speaks directly to the uh, the grandstanding and virtue signaling that and, uh, the, his his uh, administration has been known for so long. And the bottom line is, we know obviously, <clears throat> we know a prime minister needs to use obviously a plane to yeah, of to, course to travel to you know within the country and outside the country abroad. That's fine. People don't have a problem with that. The problem is, is when you do that, but then on the other end, you lecture people about, you know, carbon emissions, but, you know, you're contributing to a, a wide degree to the carbon emissions. It's just people don't have a problem with the plane. People have a problem with the hypocrisy. Well, yeah, and it's not just in Canada, too, but uh, Richard Sarah was saying this on his show, how for the G20 summit, how a big factor that all the leaders were discussing about was was climate change, but how you had... Everyone was flying in on their own private jets. It's just it's a bit, <laughs> you know. Bit I, I, I'm sorry, man. I mean, we this is this is the world world that we live in right now. Just do as I say, but not as I do. How can you possibly just you know lecture the entire country on on pollution and emissions when you are one of the biggest contributors? I, I still remember this. Um, you know, once upon a time, this is about three years ago or so. Uh, I, I got into an argument with one of my kids about uh, me being. Uh, uh, white male, which I'm not, but you know, at the time, it, the, for the sake of the argument, I, I was called a white male, and uh, that I was part of the patriarchy. That uh, just silly nonsense. Uh, but also that I was, uh, you know, um, a dirty capitalist, uh, you know, killing the planet by selling uh, internal combustion engines. Well, what the, what they were really giving it to you that day, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, wow. that's, that's what the school system does. I yeah. mean, it turns kids against each other. They turns true. kids against their parents, and uh, so. Anyways, that was an that was a, a, a argument, mm. and uh, yeah, I said, yeah, I, I am a capitalist. Yes, I do sell the internal combustion engine, and yes, what I do is responsible for the entire infrastructure of our family. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we should be a little bit more thankful to the uh, well, to the it's emissions. Ca- it's kind of like uh, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Mm. you well, know? unfortunately, yeah. you know, right. in in our system, you you have to feed it anyways, whether they bite you afterwards or not. Yeah, because if you don't, you go to jail. <laughs> so you know that. That's, that's that's the problem. But, you know, at the time, I remember, uh, I looked it up. You know, how many trees does it take to uh, um, to offset uh, the emissions of a, of a vehicle in Canada? And, uh, you know, can you please uh, look it up? Because I think it was a number, um, it was 100 trees or something that uh, would offset the emissions of a car for a year. And uh, so what I did was... 22. 22 trees, right? 22 trees to compensate for the emission of one year's uh, commute of 20 kilometers per day. Yes. So yeah. what what I did was, and because, uh, look, I we can we can disagree on things, but uh, I will try my best to find a place uh, of consensus. So what I did is this. Look, our family has four or five cars. Uh, I bought a forest in northern Canada. So I ended up planting, I think it was about a thousand trees nice. just to offset my personal emissions of my entire family f- for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but that, that didn't. That, no, 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 no. It was just a complete waste of money. <laughs> Nobody cared. Nobody, <laughs> Nobody cared. And you know what? You didn't get a big medal presented <laughs> to you? No, man. I didn't get a participation <laughs> you, medal. You, you want to talk about wasting money. Um, yeah. I know this slightly little off topic, but yeah. coming back to what, uh, you know, our great leaders and wasting our taxpayer money. Yeah. Uh, King Charles' three-day visit to Canada cost us taxpayers $1.4 million. That's awesome. 
for three days. That's three, awesome. Just three days. Yeah, you know, because we need him uh, here, right? It's, uh, it's, it's fascinating. But you know, I, uh, I, I'm going to tell you something else that happened and sorry to just change yeah, the, you know, the no, topic. Yeah, no, no, I just wanted to You know, when, um, uh, when I first took over uh, Oakville Nissan, I was I was in the middle of this debate with my kids about emissions and, you know, that crazy kid. What was the name of that crazy kid that, um, you know, you're killing my future. Greta, Greta yeah, 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 that, that delusional, that delusional yeah. kid. Uh, you know, that was in the, it was in the middle of all of this, right? So I, I said, okay, why don't we do this? Uh, I did an uh, I did a campaign at Oakville Nissan in which I offer people the opportunity to either get two hundred and fifty dollar discount or donate two hundred and fifty dollars towards planting enough trees to offset the emissions of the vehicle that they're buying. Guess how many people took the offer of planting the trees to offset their emissions. Yeah, I believe well, one or two. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm going to say I can. Can I? Can we count them on one hand? It, it, no, no, no. It's less than that. It oh. was. It was less than one percent of the people chose to offset <clears throat> their own emissions. Wow. And uh, I still have the sign in my showroom because we were going. We wanted to plant. I I, I can't remember. I think it was we wanted to plant twenty thousand trees, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to match every dollar that was being done or donated by the consumers. The the campaign died, and you know we made news. I mean, you know the the, the CBC, the uh, everybody, uh, the newspapers were calling me for an interview. You know this dealership is you know doing this effort to plant enough trees to offset the entire sale of all the vehicles for the entire year. And it's like, wow, this is good. Mm-hmm. I figure you know we're onto something now, and I, this isn't this is a, something that I can latch onto. But very very quickly, I understood that nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Like nobody cares. They just people. What we hear on the news is just it's a version of a reality that somebody wants us to hear but it's not it does not represent the common sentiment of the of the general folk mm-hmm. nobody cared like we ended up with maybe one or two people of the entire sales for three months yeah. actually it's- choosing to donate the 250 towards the tree planting fund or taking it as a discount you know what the scariest part of it all was is, is that on a monthly payment guys mm-hmm. that represented about maybe two dollars a month Really? So that's how little people that w- that's oh, how little people actually care about you, the environment. You know what, Liz? I, I think it's probably because there's so many people out there who, you know, if you ask them what they think, they'll be like, "Yes, I care about the environment. Yes, I want to reduce carbon emissions. Yes, I care about climate change." You know, they, they they're going to say it verbally. But then when you give them the opportunity to actually do something to fight it, they won't. They don't not. put their money where their mouth is or even their actions where their mouth is but you and see it, and it's 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 you know it's just it's a facade it's not even it's just putting up this this show saying yes yes i care but then when you actually have the opportunity to do something they don't do anything well and that's most people right most people it's just about the show and it's got it's got no substance so you know this whole environmental thing is oh, you know dude it's such a it's such a difficult topic to navigate it's it's very difficult because you know if you if you make and he comes, oh, you're a climate change denier. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're a denier. You're a conspiracy theorist. So you must be a white supremacist, misogynist, women-hating, patriarchal, white male privilege nonsense. Oh, dude. Spot on. Like, yeah. Just really? Endless, yeah. 
Really? Like, okay, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you're, you're condemned. <laughs> you're done your list. Right. So you can't say anything to question, even even to even to raise like a you know maybe a, a I have a doubt about this. Can you can you help me understand? Is you know is climate change a thing? Of course, the economy is always changing, but is it to the degree? that we are being told that it is you know they tell us about sea levels rising right mm -hmm. that you know the the, the, yeah, the so, north cap is melting and so, uh, some people claim that new york city is going to be underwater in 30 years yes but I you know I, I, I read this a little while ago yeah, yeah everything is supposed to be underwater yeah. right but every single bank is still lending money to people that want to buy properties by the shoreline <laughs> how does that work like do the banks don't read the newspaper? No. Like, do the banks don't care you, about you, the environment? You, you, you do, would, they? do they? Huh? Yeah, so you would think if the threat was that big, you don't think they would be lending money to, no, you know, to pro not. for people to buy properties. Yeah, I mean, they would be selling all the, you know, the uh, the coastline properties, everything. Mm -hmm. But right now, we all know how expensive those things are. If you don't believe me, you know, where would you go, you know, for to see this, uh, you know, Florida Keys? Expensive, you know, Bahamas, Barbados, you know, all those places where all the celebrities go and buy beachfront properties. Malibu, Malibu. Yeah, yeah all yeah. that stuff. You know, why is it the most expensive when it's very soon it's going to be underwater, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be underwater, but well, right, they're, they're charging $30 million for a house there? Yeah, that makes total sense. It makes, I don't understand it, man. I, I'm just a dumb car guy, man. What do I know? <laughs> you know, the, the world the world is really a place that I don't understand these days, so we try to make sense of it all on the Carrasco Show. Um, folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville... The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Thank you for muting my microphone there, Jacob. <laughs> That's great. I'm getting censored on my own. Sh I thought I left that network. Uh, that was the previous job, Jacob. Are you the thought police that I was you threatened to have? Escape. You know that I, I, the other network threatened to have a thought police in the studio with me for them to censor me on real time. People don't know stuff, man. I wish that people know this. Anyways, let's take a short break. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, Put me and get some money and get some money. Yeah. Put me and get some money and get some money. Yeah. Put me and get some money. Ay. Yeah. Put G and get some money. No limit, I'm a fucking soldier. Ay. Always lit, yeah, I'm never sober. This for three days in a row, y'all be coming over. Told that bitch to kick rock, she act like it's a boulder. Ay. Rory, shopping, that me, popping, always popping, hella popping. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture. And if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's The Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg 
Do you have a problem? Call me. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. You know, is the phones are quiet this morning. But last week, uh, Nick, when you were in here, I know that, you know, correlation does not mean causation, but... When you weren't here, uh, we broke a record of the the most phone calls the show has ever gotten since we've been on air. How many? So I'm not saying that it meant anything, <laughs> or I don't say that because you weren't here, people were calling. But let's just say that Batman and I have never been seen in the same room at the same time. I'm ju- <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> So when you were not here, the phones were going crazy. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Well, I yeah. think everyone just wants to hear Nick talk when he is here. Yeah. They don't want to call in because, yeah, right? See, I got your back. Uh, thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate that. For the I appreciate first time, that. I think, ever in the history of the show. Yep, yep. Finally, okay, he's you got your back, Uncle Counter. Yeah, no, bro. Yeah, I think you got to just <laughs> hop off the mic, bro. No. You, know, you know what? It'll be me and Jacob versus uh, Money and uh, Greg. Oh, I don't know? like our odds. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, come on. <laughs> uh, I do want to send... Uh, uh, a big shout out to the owner of the radio station, uh, Jody, uh, because apparently she is gone glamping. <laughs> gone what? Glamping, isn't that uh, when you go, you fake going camping? Yeah, yeah, isn't that? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is she doing camping when it's minus a hundred? Don't ask. Well, hold on. Don't. I thought she just rented. It's just a cottage, you know. I heard camping. Oh. Iron Cottage. Well, I don't know. Whereabouts? You, 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 you guys oh, yeah. camping, you're probably I called, right. I called her last night, and I'm like, oh, hey. There's, there's, there's a like, bear attacking her. Yeah, I'm like, are, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, what do you want from Starbucks? Is she morning? hanging her food up a tree so, you know, the bears don't come in, into the kitchen and stuff? Yeah. Or into the tent? Did, did she start her own fire, you know? You know what? I think I should call her and ask her if she's okay. She just <laughs> cottage. I was right. Call cottage. cottage, right? I was right. Okay, cottage. Oh, yeah. she went, listen, oh, she just you cottage. told me she went camping. Oh, I, she just, call, I she just camping. messaged the group chat. She said, cottage, guys. Oh. Well, See, I'm right. Your, your brother, Jody, told us that you had gone camping, and I thought... What? Hey, With a newborn? <laughs> you know, in the canoes, portaging, you know? Dayan's <laughs> on, uh, on tent duty. He's going to yeah. pitch the tent while they all well, hunt for yeah. food. I, I, I most certainly hope that that cottage has uh, an electric car charger because if it doesn't, uh, you're going to be stuck up there for no, you, three weeks. Trickle, 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 them. trickle charging your <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> Rex, oh. she'll probably call you to come pick her up. Uh, no, sorry, you pay the price. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but you see, here's the thing. And if you're trying to save the environment with a Tesla, and I drive up there with my G wagon, I'm gonna kill so many seals on the way up there. It would be disgusting. That's nice. It would be a massacre. It's not good. 
So no, 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 I can't, I can't do that. You know, last week I, I hate when people do this, man. You know, my ads run all over social media, right? So some dude that clearly listens to the show, he writes on Facebook and one of my underneath one of my ads. If you think that Infinities are so good, why are you driving a Mercedes? And I'm like, really? Huh. Seriously? Seriously? <laughs> like we don't sell used cars at my dealership. You know, this is the only car that we have. I I don't understand the low resolution thinking of some people, guys. Like I don't, I really don't get it. And uh, some, I okay, I think that I should be given an award for restraint. The 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 strength, the the power that I need to spend containing myself from unleashing and the idiocy that I read on social media every day is, is it, honestly, is supernatural. It's a superpower of mine that I have to be able to just step away from stupidity. Have you, have you ever responded to hate comments? You know, uh, once upon a time when I was more insecure than I am today, I did. I don't I don't care anymore. Honestly, man, you know the the truth is that the digital communication has allowed people to say whatever they want without getting punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's what happens. And You're you know the truth behind the screen, you, you know, can say right, whatever you want. You know, at one point in our lives, I mean, I I grew up most of my I mean, now not so much, but I I grew up most of my life without a phone. In, you know, when you said something to someone, there was a consequence. Mm-hmm. There were you you got to see their face. You you could see that your mean words were having an effect on someone. Mm-hmm. And also, if you didn't know these people on, on a on a on a circle, on a social circle within your community, your work, or your school friends, complete strangers, they they would never attack you this way because these people don't know you, right? Mm-hmm. So you find that. People are. Oh my god! I I can go. No, I, I get where you're coming yeah, from I, in that sense. Like, hey, back then it was like, hey, you have your small circle. Like, uh, it's only that small circle that's going to judge you. Now it's kind of like anything you put onto the social world, the entire world gets to judge you. No, right? but I mean, look at this psychotic, insane nut job that is the basement dweller. Uh-huh. Like this person has never shaken my hand. And every single Saturday, my phone gets inundated with the most horrific things that anybody can write and I just keep on looking at this and I just laugh at oh, the, you, oh you got I, one again today oh yeah oh, oh yeah nice. and uh, 749 wow you know before we even go on air wow. so his mind is already made up before we even start yep. the show but you how crazy do you need to be to be this obsessed with a voice that you hear on the radio like I, I don't get it. I've got to applaud his 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 commitment. Timing. I oh, wakes yeah. up early in the morning. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I don't wow. think it, he's definitely never missed a show. I that's think for sure. I think that he wears a a, a g string with my face printed on it. <laughs> oh God. Yes, that's that's, what, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty yeah, hideous yeah. sight. You know, yes, like. <laughs> in a tube top. You know, you know, a tube top with a thong. I'm, I'm gonna stop you there. It's no, 10 a.m. Please. I understand like, that. So the, the basement dweller. Did you want this, us? To, uh, do you want us to lose our breakfast? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> you know, it's gonna look like a Jacob's a Teletubby uh, uh, throw up. Oh god. Yeah, that's what. He, oh my god, it glows. I'm surprised. It's like, I, it's, it's been two hours yet, and I hadn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually. Yeah, I was like, that. well, what's going on here? He hasn't <laughs> mentioned it. But anyways, this this basement dweller for a while now sends me the honestly some of the most. I can't even find words enough, you know, 
bad enough to describe the sort of hate that comes out of this guy's heart. Like, I mean, how miserable are you? Like, how lonely do you need to be to be able to be obsessed with my sultry voice with a Spanish accent? Are you sure it's just, just Nick sending you an email from his burner account? Every <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just waiting at the edge of his driveway I waiting for you to pick him I up. Think he's the program, <laughs> I think this guy is the program director from my previous radio station. Oh. oh. Oh, yeah, he was a real loser. Wow. But yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That you talk a guy with a small um anyways, we we yeah. let's <laughs> let the ball roll out. <laughs> no, man, not, maybe that's him. You never know. Yeah, yeah, Could yeah. Be. He, he Could was be. um no. you know in the movie Private Parts with uh you know Howard Stern. I don't know if you watched no. it. You know, I've his, heard of it. I've yeah, heard his of producers, it. his the nickname for the producer was Pig Vomit. And, <laughs> I, I I was very close of actually calling him that. Uh, that that's how awful I was. But you know, I wanted to share something with you guys while we wait for our next uh, guest. I don't I don't think he's here. No. Um, the um, a little while ago, I was elected president uh, of the board of directors for a condominium corporation in Oakville, and um, number one is a. Uh, it was an interesting idea because I, I, I'm at a stage in my life in which I do want to give back. Uh, I, I find a tremendous amount of personal satisfaction in giving. And uh, my time, most of all, because it's the, most, it's the one thing that's running out for me. So I figure, you know, fine, I'll, I'll be the president of the board. I have two guys that I respect tremendous that are uh, my, uh, my vice president and the treasurer of the board. Um, but what I have found... Uh, as the president of a condo board is something that I hope that one day uh, when when I'm not directly committed to this position or directly involved in the building, I'm going to be able to discuss with you the level of corruption, the level of underhandedness, the level of conflict of interest that you see in builders and developers and you know property management companies and contractors and all the stuff that goes on in builds i have never seen anything like this is uh is 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 something that just i i'm in i'm in shock of of the stuff that we have seen over the last little while and uh for whatever is dear to you folks if you are thinking about becoming the head of a board uh on a building don't do it don't don't do it why do you say that? Um, because it's, um, it's a, number one, it's a thankless job. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more. Uh, we don't get paid to do this. Just, so we volunteer our time. And uh, there isn't really a material impact of a difference that you can make on, on the outcome. Mm. And uh, I, I feel that um, if you live in a condo, folks, and you have uh, a board that is trying to look out your, for your best interest, uh, you need to cut them a little bit of slack. Because uh, the 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 amount of work that is being put into this by you know specifically by my treasurer and my sec, uh, my my vice president is is unbelievable and uh, you know with looking at for warranties and audits and budgets and what and whatnot uh, and managing millions of dollars worth of the owners' monies and making sure that every every penny is spent in the right place without 
any foul play in the process. Mm-hmm. It's such a complicated matter that uh, I, I don't think that people should do this for free. I don't think that uh, – I know that you need to have representatives that mm-hmm. will look after the interest for the owners. But, uh, oh, my goodness. Not I, to I, that I, extent, no, right? Yeah, no. That's a, it's pretty terrifying what I have found. Really? And uh, unfortunately, as the board, we, we get to pass – Policy, and we we get to implement the uh, some of the findings and uh, some of the charges and the approvals of budgets and and everything else that is involved in in our uh, in, in our position. But uh, you know, to make a decision that affects you know, in this case, two hundred and fifty owners of the uh, of the condos in my building, is such an enormous responsibility that I never, I, I don't. I don't remember feeling that kind of a weight mm. before uh, as, as I'm feeling these days. Uh, having the, the future, the financial future of hundreds of people under, under my decisions is, is such a place of responsibility that I, I don't think a lot of people understand how uh, impactful this could be. I mean, look, r- raising condo fees uh, everyone that lives in a condo hates raising condo fees, but everybody likes to have amenities. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you know, yeah, I want to have better gym equipment. Sure. You know, get yourself all those machines down in, in, in the gym. But the question is, who's going to pay for it? Who is going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And then the money is spent. Next thing you know, everybody else's condo fees go up and so on and so on. And so on, and then in in a in a in a very micro scale, it gave me an understanding of government, of what you will find if you go into high office. Mm-hmm. You know, you provide a service to a small group of people that will use the gym, and to pay for this service, everybody has to you know pay for contribute, know, yeah. co- not contribute, suffer. Right. Because every time you pay more out of your pocket to finance somebody else's uh, you know, benefits, your life becomes worse. It's not that you're contributing. You are, you, are, you are suffering in order for you to give something to someone that may not even use it or care for. And uh, I, I'm, I'm starting you, to understand this. Do you think these contributions should only be made by people who by people who actually want to use the services like do you think it, it could be like optional and that way like only the people who would want to use like the gym or the rec room or the pool or whatever right they contribute and they because they want to use it but if if the person doesn't want to use it then they don't have to pay any of those, any of those fees what do you think about i that? think that that would most certainly be a more equitable way of doing this but uh, i think that uh, um, buildings are not you know, buildings are, they're a socialist system. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I do believe that uh, if you look at the, uh, if you look at living arrangements as a, as a, as a way to explain society, um, I have decided that I don't want to live in a building anymore. I, I will probably continue to own this condo, but uh, uh, I'm moving into a house. Because now, if I want to have a gym, I'll pay for it. 
I don't have to make anybody suffer for my personal choices. If I want to have a pool, I'll pay for the pool. So I don't have to ask my neighbor to contribute because I simply want to be have this privilege of you know jumping in the pool. It's it's a fascinating system, guys. And I never really thought about the world that way as I'm seeing it right now. But uh, don't do it. <laughs> it's a thankless job, and it doesn't matter what you do. You will be the bad guys. Because so it's, it's fair to say you're not running for re-election. <laughs> um, probably not, uh, because I don't want this kind of power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they say that power corrupts. Uh, I don't agree with that notion. I think the power reveals. Uh, I think that if somebody is corrupt, they were corrupt way before they had power or money. You know, if if somebody gets a little bit of scratch and they start behaving like selfish and richer noggins, um, that was there all along. It's just that they had to pretend they were nice until they got the money. So now it's unrestricted. Mm-hmm. With great power comes great responsibility. Uh, yeah, it's too big of our responsibility. It's too big of our responsibility. Uh, our Sleeping Beauty has finally shown up. It's our special guest on the on the on the Carrasco show. Uh, we're gonna take a short break, folks. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople, and uh, you know that before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see me. I'll save you time, money, and drama. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. When you're tired, when you're lonely, you can just reach out and on. No, I'll be there. I'll help you run through the storm. My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hey, hey, what's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. None of these toys on lease. That's right. He's spitting some truths. You guys should listen to me. If leasing was good for you, folks, car manufacturers wouldn't let you do it. You need to read and see behind the matrix. Unplug yourself, people. We seem to have done that here on the show. We are fully unplugged. I love it. But you see, as we continue with the tradition of the show, we will bring people that uh, are regular folks that make an impact on my life. You know, I made a promise to myself quite some time ago that uh, if I didn't do business with someone, I was not going to bring them here. Because I did that once, and I, uh, it was not a good situation. I had somebody uh, on my show that I, I thought I was aligned with, and you know, because he was coming in as an expert. Um, this was a few years back now. 
Uh, he started to give advice, and I thought, you know, this guy seems pretty reasonable, incredible, and uh, he loves the show. And he started to give people advice until one of my friends called me up and said, Greg, you should check on what this guy is saying, you know. And I and I did. And I realized that uh, uh, it was not a good thing. So over the years, you meet people that come in your, into your life and the, you associate them with smiles. I don't know why. I, you know, I, I always look at, at people in a certain way. So if after my interaction, I know that I smile when I, when I see these people, that's a good exchange. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because there are yeah, some yeah. there are some people that are like you know. Again, there are many versions of this, but it's all the same. Uh, you know, there are some people that are ice cream trucks. The other ones that are dump trucks. And you know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, yeah. the, the ice cream truck. It doesn't matter whether you eat ice cream or not. Yeah, huh? I mean, some people will bring positivity into your life, and the people will bring negativity. Is there and anything more positive than an ice cream? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Uh, I have my homeboy, Leo, here. Leo, thank you for joining the show. Come a little closer to the microphone. How are you, bud? Good. You know, I am um, sorry for waking you up so early this morning. You know, what yeah. do, what time do you usually wake up at? Like 11. <laughs> oh. Wow. Look at this, man. Sleeping in is something that we don't do, man. We don't do. I am trying to train these kids to get up early. Get your day started at 5 a.m. Nick doesn't listen to me, but I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a common thing. Um, you know, you are the, uh, are you the owner or are you one of the partners at uh, at my barbershop? Uh, I'm one of the owners, yeah. One There's the, three of us. Who are, are they? You guys are all related? Yeah, my brother and uh, my best friend Kevin. Oh yeah, so yes. Kevin is the uh, is the sneakers guy, right? Mm -hmm. The um, you know one of the things that uh, made me become a big fan of this place, folks, is that uh, you know we we we've all seen that old school barbershop when, when you can just talk nonsense. Mm -hmm. You go to this place and you can detach yourself from your crappy reality that you may be going uh, through that specific day. You go into the barbershop and you go into an, a different dimension. You have no idea what the hell they're talking about half the time, <laughs> but you just plug yourself in and next thing you know, you have a mental break. You, you get a mental break and you look good by the time you're done. And it's like, this is a positive experience all throughout. What made you start cutting hair? Like, I mean, how long have you been in business now? Uh, I've been in business for like a year and three months Come now. Come a little closer to the microphone. There you go. About three years or so? No, a year and three months. Like the store, we opened the store in like three months, but I've been a barber since I was like 17 years old. What what drove you to cut hair? I mean, that's a, you know, it's, it's an unusual thing. Uh, my mom was like a single mom, so like she couldn't afford to get me haircuts and stuff like that. Yeah. So... I just wanted to learn it so I could pay for it myself, to be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, you work at a place in, in Oakville, Mississauga. Where did you work for all those years to learn your craft? Uh, I worked in, like, uh, I was I was in Oakville, and uh, I was there for, like, four years. But what is it called? I just got really busy, and I just thought that opening a store would be the best idea for me. Why did you think that you got so busy? You personally got busy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah why did you think that you, get, you got so busy? Uh, I was just fully booked, like, Two weeks in advance, a month in advance sometimes. So it just made sense for me to just open up my own stuff. 
I mean, it's, it's easy to say. You, you, you say it so nonchalantly. It's like, oh, yeah, I decided to open up a business and off I went. That must have been terrifying. I mean, because you were in your mid-20s. And uh, what what is it that drove you to do this? Simply because you were super booked and you figured that you would have a su- successful business? Oh, no, I just wanted to better myself, you know? So, like, just me opening up my own just made me f- want to make things much easier, much better for myself. And just I just want to lead more people as my employees and stuff like that you know like teach other people how to become a barber yeah just more things so what made you include your siblings and your and your friends into this because your your brother uh, is also a barber mm-hmm. was he was he doing it with you or you taught him afterwards oh no I taught him afterwards so Luigi learned from you yeah I did yeah yeah I did yeah he's a super what about Kevin what is his story because you know it, this is the most unusual combination I know if, I don't know if this is normal but you know getting your hair cut and buying sneakers is like what what do you mean every time I go there <laughs> I end up with a new pair of shoes <laughs> you should see my shoe collection dude. <laughs> so what what is his story with Kev uh, so me and Kevin went to elementary school together. Okay. Yeah, I came to Canada when I was in when I was in grade six. From where you? Yeah. Yeah. Where did you come from? Uh, I came from the Philippines. You know, I was uh, I was looking at your page this morning, and uh, I noticed that uh, uh, you guys do some work with a school in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with the school? Uh, so this year we fed about a thousand kids already, and uh, we bought six hundred kids school supplies already, and that's the school I went to when I was younger. And whereabouts in the Philippines? Uh, it's called Isabella. Yeah? It's in like Luzon. It's like 12 hours away from Manila, like the capital city. You know, I, I'm, I'm sorry th- th- to put you on the spot on this, but, you know, you're 28 years old. You have a successful business. Um, you have family members working there. You have a friend from elementary school. Now you have a pile of employees working for you. You're going to open up another studio somewhere in Burlington, I heard. Yeah, in January, that's our target. So you're you're expanding already. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is this is pretty special. Um, when did you decide that you just wanted to start your altruistic side of your of your life and start giving to people in in the Philippines. I mean, that's a that's a pretty, you know, people don't do that stuff just normally, but when they do do it, they wait until the 50s and 60s and whatnot. Why did you start doing this? Uh, cuz I just remember like growing up, I used to just see a lot of kids who are like my friends and stuff like that. They were like less fortunate, you know, I used to just see them not be able to eat certain things and like buy certain things. But since my mom was from Canada, like I was, I was blessed to have like toys and like I could eat like McDonald's or like yeah. even just McDonald's to them is a big deal. So that's why I just try to help them like feed certain things, you know, like I buy them like fried chicken and stuff like that. And that's a big deal for them already. And I remember it as a kid. So, so when did you start flying back to the Philippines and, and helping this school? Uh, I think 2016, yeah. So, yeah, 2016 when I started doing it. So, this has been going on for a few years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, um, you know, I, this is, I, I find this so fascinating because at such an early age, you have been able to establish a, a successful business clearly, and but also you are giving. What do you feel when you do this? I mean, what does it do for you? I just just elevates like my my way of thinking because like I'd rather impact a lot of people than me to buy certain things for me you know 
like I want I want kids to feel like they could do that like when they're older and stuff like that. So I just want to show an example. Do you do you feel that your employees are on board with all your efforts? Uh, yeah. So my my videographer actually came back to the Philippines and he did the whole thing by himself. So what is it called? He came to uh, he went to the Philippines in November. Yeah. And I wasn't even there, and he did the exact same thing that I usually do. So. So have you decided that you you know a portion of all your earnings will go towards this fund that you use to to support the school in the Philippines in the Philippines is that how that works? Yeah, that's 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 our like uh, our end goal. Yeah, we're gonna start up a charity just so we could feed a bunch of kids from the Philippines and buy them like clothes and all yeah. those things that they they need. That's you know I I find this fascinating that at 28 years old you have find it within yourself that uh, you have a higher purpose that you have a higher goal um have you always had this visionary look upon life like have you always felt that way that you were part of a greater cause mm Because I'm pretty sure that you, you know, we're young kids, we do stupid things all the time, right? And uh, But at what point did you feel that you had, that you were part of something greater than this, than greater than you alone as a person? Uh, I think probably around like 25. What happened? Did did something take place that, uh, that made you feel this way? No, I kind of just grew up, I guess, because like, you know, as a kid, you just think you're, you're basically like, you know, like. The biggest guy at all all times, you know. Uh-huh. And then I just I don't know maybe just my ego just took a hit, and then just you know like I just don't care about anything else. It's just helping other people. That's how many people do you have working for you right now? I have eight, eight people working right now, and they're mm-hmm. all learning to do this under you. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating because I when I whenever I go there and now you see me, I bring all my boys. Mm-hmm. Everybody that works with me, I take him with me. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see them looking a little dusty, you know that's a word that I learned from this place. <laughs> uh, hockey slang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little dusty. <laughs> uh, what is the other one? Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you make my boys look good, man. Mm-hmm. You know, we are uh, uh, my general sales manager, Daniel. You know the uh, mm-hmm. my he came with me last week. And uh, the haircut was so good that we renamed the haircut. We call it the baby maker. <laughs> like, how can you not make a baby when you look this good? You know, it's impossible. I see Jacob here. He most certainly need a haircut. You know, I don't know what he's wearing, but you would make some suggestions on these oh, yeah, guys. Oh, for sure. <laughs> looking a little dusty. So where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, an Instagram at Top Tier Company. And my personal Instagram is at Lafades. And uh, the barbershop is at 143 Kerr Street. Over. So, so you're right in the corner of Kerr Street and Rebecca, right? Right in mm-hmm. the corner. Folks, I, 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 I can tell you this. Um, every time I visit him, because I go and get lined up, you know, maintaining a beard is like, ah, oh, dude. It's like a beard is a makeup for dudes, you know. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of work and you can't just let it go. It doesn't work that way. Every time I go there, my life becomes a little better. There are places that can touch you in a way that it doesn't matter how crappy your day is going. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how violent the breakup was. It doesn't matter how rough your day at the office was. You show up to this place and just immediately the moment you walk in, you become in a better mood. So 
I decided that I wanted to spread that to as many people as possible in relation to your show. Mm, I appreciate so, it. So man. everybody that I talked to said, "Dude, you gotta go and see my buddy Leo, man. You gotta go see this place. You gotta go there. You gotta go there." So especially if if you live in Oakville and Mississauga, and you go and see my buddy Leo, am I getting paid to do this with you right now? No. You know, and this is this is one of the things that a lot of people don't understand. You know, doing things because we feel that we can contribute in a positive way to society is not something that is understood. Now, how can people help? When are you starting the charity that uh, that you that you speak of? Uh, what's called? I think I'm gonna go home to the Philippines probably around February. Yeah, and, like I'm gonna start probably a GoFundMe account or something just just so I could. Get a bunch of people to donate or something. Is there a big Filipino community in Oakville? Yeah, there's a lot of Filipinos there, mm -hmm. and uh, the um, you know my um, one of my first experience with somebody from the Philippines. I know that uh, this is a it's a little bit of a strange conversation at this at this point, but growing up in Chile, Chile is a very interesting country because there was no immigration. Like I never saw a black person in Chile, like ever. It was not a thing back when I when I grew up. So when I first landed here and I and I first saw a Sikh, I thought like, "Holy crap! Look, I, you only see this on TV," and uh, it was just fascinating. But you know, the, oh, one of the first friends that I made while I was in Canada, uh, it was this this Filipino guy that um, um, he start, he was working with me at a factory. Mm -hmm. um, he um, he was gay, and uh, the factory that I worked at. I uh, was filled with people that were not particularly friendly to the gay folk, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And I found myself fighting with him in the bathroom when he was getting beat up. This was in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wanted to get out of there. It was a terrible place to work at. Um, and this was in Canada, folks. Uh, you know, believe it or not, this stuff exists. Um, and I remember that... Uh, one day we were having lunch and he, he couldn't speak English. I couldn't speak English. So he spoke Tagalog, right? And there are some Spanish words. So we found a way to communicate with mm. each other. And uh, I remember one day he, uh, he came and he said to me in, you know, in broken English that he found a way out of this place. And uh, it was the Canadian Army. It was his idea. And uh, he left. He joined the Canadian Army, and I never saw him again. And that inspired me to uh, to join the Canadian Army. So one of my first experiences, you know, experience from somebody from the Philippines, which is filled with with unspeakable kindness and this desire to just do better and live. And uh, I, I, I found, I know that this is a stretch, but I, I found a lot of similarities with a lot of people that I have met from your country. Um, what is the name of the school that you uh, that you support in the Philippines? It's called. Uh Victory Norte, and that is on outside of the Philippines. Mm. You know, I um, do you have a message that you want to share with the audience this morning? As to you know, in in this, in the holiday season, you know, Christmas is upon us. You know, how are you celebrating this, and what are you doing for the holidays? Well, I'm just gonna hang out with my boys and my family. <laughs> you know, probably just get lit a little bit. <laughs> 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 I think that everybody, everybody's doing the same thing here. No? I know that guy over there is. Are we allowed to say this out loud, or your parents will uh, get upset with you, uh, no, Manny? I, I, at this point, I'm, I'm the most. They, they, don't don't really care. Care. they don't care. I, don't, I, don't, I personally don't care. I'm just like, yo, whatever. You know, the day that I opened up a studio in my house, we're all gonna get lit together while, while we're broadcasting. I don't know if do you smoke, uh, Jacob. 
I don't smoke, no, I have asthma, so it kind of messes with me a little <laughs> with bit. With weed? But, really, yeah. eh? Oh, there's got to be a better I'm way, I'm not on man. that either, too, so but we could have some drinks, 100%. Oh, yeah. Which is early yeah, in the morning, I don't know vibe. about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 9 in the morning? <laughs> 9 in the morning, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, honey? Oh, yeah, oh, honey. On a Christmas day, tequila's good, man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, man, that's the first thing to wake up in the morning, just yeah. get the day started right. What is your, what is your favorite drink? Uh, Casamigos and apple juice. Casa Amigo What is that A, a tequila Yeah Yeah I never I The Reposado Oh it's so good <laughs> Yeah uh, good. What am I uh, You see I, I'm so out of this uh, This <laughs> environment That you guys need to What is it It's it's a tequila It's, it's a pretty expensive tequila um, Average you could say yeah, It's I not see a little it's, average it's, uh, Yeah a little bit It gets a little bit On the costly side But it's still It's smooth It's good Tastes good Um of course, it gives you the burn. If it doesn't give you a burn, it's not a tequila, right? So, well, I I, I guess you know, talking about tequila on a Saturday morning at uh, ten thirty is uh, <laughs> <laughs> a family-friendly show. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, there's nothing better than a tequila shot to take the edge off, no matter what you do it. Sure. You know, it's um, I want to make an observation here, and um, I I I have found over the years, Leo, that. Um, Anybody that pursues money for the sake of making money never finds it. Anyone that pursues fame or notoriety or success for the sake of success never finds it. I have found that when you make yourself part of a bigger cause, that comes to you. You know, you need to become good at something and then that will follow you. Mm -hmm. But money, if you cannot just chase money for the sake of it because mm -hmm. people need to have a reason to give it to you unless you're winning the lottery they need to have a reason to give you money and in my personal experience when you know whenever i started this jiu-jitsu school here in oakville mm -hmm. i wanted to give back to the community that's all i wanted to do and um I felt that jiu-jitsu was the, the, per, the perfect vehicle because I love doing it. I know that I can make a material difference in people's lives. And I also know that I'm, I'm a good person. So when my partner Luis and I got together, we decided, you know, we are going to make a difference in our community. And that's how it started. And you know what happened? People started to reward us with their presence. Now, we are just opened up our, our second location in Mississauga, and very soon, we will be one of the largest providers in the entire province of Ontario. But, you know, where do you stop? You know, Burlington is next. Tell me a little bit more about that project. Uh, so, I'm going to take over someone's uh, uh, hair salon that she doesn't, she doesn't need it, like that she doesn't want anymore. Okay. So, I'm just going to revamp it to exactly how we want it as a company. So that's how we started for my second location. So who is going to be running it? Uh, so I have four guys that that I'm already training and I'm trying to help them out. Are, are they some of the guys that are working with you right now? At the, uh, uh, some at the of them is going to rotate and stuff like that. But I have like, so two of my cousins got into barbering actually because of me. So I'm going to, and they all live in Burlington. So I want them to kind of just run that too. So And they're part of the family. So everything mm -hmm. is everything is safe. Yeah. So, you know, you, you start Burlington in, mm -hmm. uh, in February, January or February. Mm -hmm. What's next? Uh... I want a chicken wing spot, to be honest. I want to know about chicken spot. Hold on one second. We need to take a break, folks. You know, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We have my barber, my personal barber, Leo, here in the studio talking about 
chicken wings. <laughs> it's like, well, this is, this, it took a turn for the, uh, for the interesting. So let's take a short break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture. And if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Darcy Tucker here. And if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Listening to the Greg Carrasco show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. Though it's not so much about cars; cars are boring. But anyways, you know we uh, we always take precedent. Uh, you know we give precedent to phone calls that have to do with cars. But life is so much more interesting than just brakes and compression ratios. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a whole world out there. You know, <laughs> you, know, uh, <laughs> you, know you gotta be careful though. You gotta be careful about that because sometimes you can. You can look so deep into how big the world is and that you start worrying about things that you shouldn't be worrying about. That is true. You know, yeah, uh, yeah you care about is what's happening in Ukraine. All right. Um, now, how is that going to help you here? Hmm. Meanwhile, people are not even making their bed before yeah. they leave the house. You can still care, but yeah, you don't want to let something like that consume your whole life, you know? No, but I mean, there, just like that, there are so many other issues that you can latch on. <clears throat> but I mean, you cannot fix the world if you don't fix your bed. Yeah, that's true. If you don't make your bed in the morning, you can't go outside and try to change what you know governments are doing. It doesn't work that way. Yep. You know, be the change you want to see in the world. That's his very basic principle. But if you don't start with you, you cannot change anything. Yeah, it's also like kind of like, you know, you got to take care of yourself before you take care of other people. This and, you know, a lot of people will say that that's selfish. What do you think, Jacob? Is that selfish? I think it can be. I just, but I think that over time, I mean, I say over time, I'm still only 23. I think I've realized, yeah, you have to put all, you have to almost always put yourself first. Of course, there's some situations where, you know, you're going to want to put, you know, people you care about first. But as a rule, you know, you have to make sure, you know, you're good, you know, like you, you can't forget about yourself and, you know, and, and you know, your mental health and you just your well-being. Yeah, you you can't mean, ignore it. Helping know? helping other people isn't going to feel the same if you're not happy yourself. Yeah. You got to be content. What do you think about that? I feel that. Which part? Where you have to, you should love yourself first before you can help someone else. That's the t that's the most difficult thing to do in the world, to find yourself in a place in which you accept yourself for who you are and you start just like giving yourself some love, because you know you you can't you can't give from an in empty cup, you just can't. Mm. 
No. You know, you can't give love if you don't even have the ability to love yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it, does, it doesn't work that way. And in, in the kinder and more loving that you become to yourself, the kinder and more loving you become to the world around you. You know, it's a, it's a fascinating, you know, set of events. But I'm curious, before we close the show, Leo, I want to know about this chicken situation that you got going on. You want to open a chicken? chicken? Wings, man. <laughs> <laughs> chicken wing slaps. That's yeah. what I want. I want a store, man. <laughs> so, uh, do you have plans to open a, 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 you know, a chicken yeah, wing yeah, store? Yeah, 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 really? Want, where? In Oakville. What are you going to call it? Top tier wings, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Some of that lemon pepper. Uh, yeah. yeah, lemon pepper wings is the best, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I got to find... I have, have a, a lifetime problem. customer right here. <laughs> yes, I have sir. a problem, and I don't like to get my fingers dirty like with food. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why, man. I man, it, it stresses me out. <laughs> it stresses me out. <laughs> but anyways, I uh, I really appreciate you taking the time this morning, Leo, to come on the show, and uh, I I I send the the bad signal out into the universe. So if you live, if you happen to live in Burlington, Oakville, and even Mississauga, and you're looking for a cool barber shop that is not pretentious. And uh, somehow, yeah, what were you going to say, Jacob? No, I just want to ask Leo one more question. Yeah, before. yeah, please. Uh, so, I mean, it's actually two questions. I want to ask a bit more about the shoes because I'm a pretty big shoe guy myself. So, first of all, A, what are your grails? But also, why do you think that the shoe aspect goes so well with the, the barbershop aspect of the store? You just like you just have a, it's like a perfect relationship when it comes to like after getting your haircut first thing you think about it just like I gotta buy new clothes you know gotta drip out yeah exactly yeah, yeah. You're trying to trying to be a one for everything. What, what are your grails? Uh, we have. Uh, what does that mean? Huh? Is he? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we gotta update them a little grails. bit. Yeah, yeah, you gotta update them, man. man. <laughs> what are <laughs> grails? Uh, just shoes? They're just like the more high end type. You okay. Know, like it's just. So. What are your grills? No, okay. I'm asking you specifically. Like, like, what are your? What's your top hair? Oh, what's you, my top hair yeah, that yeah, I yeah, want? Yeah. Uh, man, I have a lot of top hairs that I want actually. So I want like the off white Chicago's. That's like one of those. Those are crazy. I man. want that, and uh, I want some Louis Vuitton Air Force ones. Mm. That's what I want. How much are those shoes? Uh, Louis Vuitton Air Force One's around like 15,000, 20,000. That's more than a Rolex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah people, those are the ones I want. The people Dior, spend money on this? What about the Dior oh, yeah. Jordan ones? The Dior Jordan ones, those are fire too. Yeah. Those yeah. are so expensive, man. Oh, yeah. Those are, those are crazy though. Compared to the Louis Vuittons? No. No? I, I thought they were more expensive, no? No, so yeah, actually the, the market for that dropped a little bit. Really? Yeah, it's, not surpri- it's not surprising 5, 000, though, because yeah. I don't think many people bought them wanted them for retail because the, mm-hmm. the retail price was so expensive. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I have a question for you, but we have to be careful the way that we answer it. Mm-hmm. What has happened to the value of Yeezys? Has uh, it gone up? Has it gone down? The, like, the, the after, price. After like two days ago, I think it kind of dropped a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, because... You know when he's like he started he, saying a lot of yeah, stuff on Twitter like just two days ago. He just won't stop, man. Yeah, man. I was like, like damn. Yeah. You know? What are you doing, dude? Like, what yeah. are you doing? You yeah. cut it out. Just exactly. Cut it out. He just he just went. But like two weeks ago, we went bananas. Everyone wanted to buy Yeezys. Mm-hmm. You know? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Adidas ended their partnership with him, eh? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but that actually yeah, went man. up. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It went up after that happened, but I think like after his Twitter it, got. 
got suspended again. That's when it's kind of it, it felt a little bit iffy. So. Did it go up because they knew they weren't going to be making any more? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah scarcity know. is always what drives the price up, and I think mm-hmm. the car manufacturers have figured this out mm-hmm. because now they're making car scares and all the prices are going through the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and people are being played. <laughs> people are being played, and they're they're, they're losing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's it's fascinating what's happening out there. But look, thank you so much for coming down this morning, no man. Problem, man. I really appreciate it. So I I enjoy coming to see you every time, and uh, I will continue to bring all my boys to see you yes, whenever sir. I see them looking a little ah let's go let's go for a, <laughs> let's go for a drive you know most of them don't even know that I'm taking them to get a haircut it's like I'm the dad <laughs> <laughs> and they all end up looking, looking phenomenal oh yeah let, let's go let's go for a drive and next thing you know they're sitting at a barbershop sharing getting a haircut <laughs> yeah, that's really funny man anyways folks that is amazing it's incredible how three hours just went by you know, I have to thank uh, Seth, our little um, car connoisseur from from the previous hour. Uh, you know, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. You were a rock star in my eyes. And uh, thank you to your parents for, you know, bringing you to the show. Uh, thank you, Leo, for coming. Uh, Nick, thank you. Jacob, Manny, and uh, uh, Jody, you are a slacker. You know, you're not allowed to go to a cottage on weekends when we have the show. Your presence is needed here at the studio, which is great. But uh, the uh, before we run out of vehicles, and you know, this is a very important thing for people that are in the car industry to remember, that if you don't make your month within the first two weeks of December, that's it. It's done. It's finished. So put your biggest and best efforts now. Do not wait until next week. You have to start pushing now because otherwise you're going to end up without a paycheck in January. That's why they call it the uh, what the, the the January the doldrums or something. The January blues or there's a name for this. Uh, and is we see it every year. Every year, you cannot compete with Santa. You know, once the, the, the whole idea of Christmas comes back around and people just get focused on something else and cars go out the window. And I don't know very many people that buy cars as a Christmas present to people. Maybe for their side girls. I don't know. You know, but what, who am I to judge? This is a judgment-free zone. <laughs> this is a judgment-free zone. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. A big shout-out to the two jiu-jitsu schools in Oakville and Mississauga, Okta BJJ. You need to come and see us. But before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan. Why, Nick? Because there's something happening here. At OakvilleNissan.com Won't you come see about me I'll be alone Dances, you know it, baby Tell me your troubles and doubts Giving me everything inside and out And love strange, so real in the dark Think of the tender things that we were working on. Slow change may pull us apart. When a life gets in your heart, baby, don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't. It's been an honor serving with you all. Autobots, roll out. <laughs>